0: Welcome, everyone, to Comics from the Multiverse, episode 369. I am Peter, and joining me, as always, is Matt. Another week,
1: another one of Night Terrors. That really is the Night Terror in and of itself.
0: But with each week, we are closer and closer to the end that's of true. Night Terrors, and that's the important thing to to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is a DC Comics podcast where we talk about the books we read every week here on the show coming up on this episode we have night terrors issue three we got night mm-hmm. terror shazam issue two and night terrors zatanna issue two uh that was all the night terrors we could stomach this week so that's all mm-hmm. you get into that but we also have the superman annual 2023 we got world's finest teen titans issue two although i forgot to put the number in my list there uh, we have spirit world issue four matt read that and we have, of course, Danger Street issue 8, kind of the main event of the week, I'd say in a lot of ways, and then I did a Patreon book, I'll be talking about Batman and the Outsiders issue 5, so that is what's coming mm-hmm. up on the show this week. So yes, um... Yep, yep. Yeah, there's not, there's not a, t- a ton of news, but there's kind of a, a weird retraction to something that, uh... Was oh boy. A week or two ago. Remember when I said Gal Gadot was saying, oh yeah, James Gunn said we'd develop a Wonder Woman 3 together. Gotcha, mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently that wasn't true. Uh, <laughs> the story's out this week. that There's no oh, plans right now to develop a Wonder Woman 3, and I don't know what's happened here. I mean, it makes Gal Gadot look if like she was trying to will it into existence. Uh-huh. Uh, or someone lied to her, perhaps. That's a possibility, I guess. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole thing, the whole thing's a bit of a mess. It, it
1: was probably Nathan Fillion that lied to her because I feel like James Gunn sends Fillion to turn on the charm, you know. <laughs> just, just, just go tell Gal we're working on something. What is the scenario she, she you imagine?
0: Are you imagining Gal Gadot like, banging on the front door of the office and like him sending no, Fillion down to like send her away? Here's
1: here's how I would write it: is, is Gal Gadot keeps calling James Gunn, and James is like, I can't pick it up. Conflict of interest, whatever. And so he calls up his good buddy, Nathan Fillion. He's like, hey, Nate, you know, you, you have a lot of charm. You Go go talk to Gal Gadot. Just tell her kind of what she wants to hear. And then Nathan Fillion, in pure comedic fumbling that, you know, he's known to, to, to do, you know, actually lets it out. He's like, oh, yeah, the Wonder Woman 3? James Gunn? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I can see it now.
0: Yeah, it's happening right after Shazam 3.
1: Yeah, my God. Shazam 1 was on right before I came up here um still still find that movie quite charming I was mm. watching
0: it as I was finishing breakfast I mean I, I enjoyed it well enough for what it was mm. when it came out I have had no desire yeah. to revisit it since
1: it doesn't so I just watched it again uh, right before I watched 2 and it still hasn't really made its indents right like mm. I always I always see it I'm like oh yeah that was a lot of fun but there's never like I can never say like oh that was my favorite part right like, it all just kind of <sighs> yeah.
0: melds together. Yeah, yeah. It's just part of this, like, over-superhero yeah. sort mm-hmm. of populated world where, in order to stand out, you have to be exceptional now as opposed to just good. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that's where that falls.
1: Although, my, my favorite things that are coming out now are, are just because there's so much is the people going, like, okay, so we're, we're never talking about this again, right? So, like, Secret Invasion because it was so low stakes, right? Like, it's probably... There's not going to be a lot coming out of that continuity wise going forward. So uh seeing those posts pop up and the people get very upset. So cracks me up.
0: Yeah. All I've heard are bad things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I th- I think at least a couple characters might have died in it that are mm-hmm. important for later yeah. maybe. But I don't care. I'm out. I'm I'm so out of the yeah. the the, the model. I was one that
1: even I told my wife, I was like, yeah we'll get caught up and then we just never have. We started watching the bear instead, which I, I highly recommend. Have you seen it, Pete?
0: Do you know? I've watched the first two episodes. Okay. Uh, it was it was a very tense, well directed yeah. show from what I've seen.
1: Yeah. If, if you do, if you get into it, let me know because the I was about it the same. I was in a holding pattern after the first two, which I enjoyed, but it really comes in onto its own later in the season. Um, season two is pretty good. I'm about halfway through at this point, so um, uh, waiting for when we what we do in the shadows to wrap up their season, so we can just bang through those. You know, FX is FX is a place right now.
0: Yeah, I've been, Uh, I just started reviewing uh, the X-Files from the start in the last couple of weeks, so. W- weren't you and
1: Connor already doing X-Files? No, no. Oh, I thought, I thought you, maybe that was when the last movie was coming out, and that was years ago at this point. But yeah, yeah. I
0: distinctly remember you covering X-Files. No, nah, we did like one short, like, new season, kind of like okay. on its own years gotcha. ago. But, yeah, I've never seen the vast majority of it. Uh, oh, okay. So I uh, started doing that, and I'm also working through Person of Interest also for reviews. Oh. So if you want my thoughts on either yeah. of these shows, you can get them in go. detail over in the MailFuzz TV channel uh, on and, YouTube.
1: And, and you're still working through Twilight Zone? Is uh, he going pop up from time to time?
0: Yeah, it's on pause just now, but, uh, yeah, Twilight <laughs> Zone's still a thing that's happening. Um, we uh, we have one Babylon 5 episode left, and that'll be done. And Wow. We have uh, the finale of Star Trek: Strange New World season two in the next few days uh, coming out, so there's, there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, the, the X Files. I've had this kind of trepiditious like mm-hmm. attitude towards it because obviously it was a huge thing for pop culture. So I've always had that feeling that I should I should watch X Files at some point. I should I should have that filled in and tick it off the boxes, all that. But there's also, you know, like, a very, very mixed and muted receptions for how everything ended. Um, and it's always kind of been this little damper on, like, the motivation to try it. But uh, I needed another classic show to work through. I wanted something from the 90s, and this was the one that had the most interest. So yeah, um, I just did episode three, which was pretty good, which I was, I was happy for that, because episode two I thought was pretty weak. So it was nice to get, like, an example of a good episode. Yeah. So, okay, this is what I'm in for when I get good episodes. They're not all going to be good, obviously, but this yeah. is... Do, do they start off
1: as case of the week and then slowly build to the the mythology of the show, or is it pretty mythology? So I've never I've seen a couple episodes
0: and then the first movie of X Files, but it never never delved too deep. Well, what's interesting about X Files compared to other shows that you know, because when you think of this time period, you think of the hit television show of the Vampire Slayer. So <laughs> you think of other shows of that ilk, and with all those shows, typically you'd have good standalone case of the week mm-hmm. episodes. But typically the ones that would be the most exciting that fans would really get excited for would be the ones that like are doing the season-long plot, the, you know, the, the greater mythology yeah. episodes. With X-Files, uh, it's kind of the inverse, where yeah. the greater mythology episodes, which there's, I think, a few per season or mm-hmm. maybe it's because it didn't build up to a satisfying conclusion, but it, it, those would never seem to be talked about that much. But people yeah. say that x Files has some of the best standalone Case of the Week episodes mm-hmm. of any of these types of show. And sure enough, the episode that I just did, was, which was good, was was a standalone yeah. you know, Case of the Week episode. So, yeah uh it's it's funny though because that is the inverse of every other show like you know mm-hmm. fringe was a fun case of the week show but it got exciting when it became more serialized yeah. when it started to build on its mythology and and stuff like that and maybe that's just a symptom because x-files was kind of i don't want to say it's the first of its kind but it's definitely you know, the it
1: they were experimenting with serialized television that really wasn't like i know Twin peaks did a little bit before it right
0: but yeah like, yeah twin peaks was definitely ahead of its time for sure yeah but
1: that was more serialization than standalone right like um you yeah, kind of was... Was soap opera-esque where you kind of had to watch everything
0: yeah that was completely um, serialized uh yeah. with the mystery elements and all that mm-hmm. uh, x-files is case of the week but there is this yeah. sort of backbone ongoing thing which is again yeah. you know would, would be improved upon and enhanced by other shows in the, yeah. the years that followed So the one
1: that I watched that and I don't know what season it comes in on but it's later uh, they they did a, a team-up with the show Cops, and so it's filmed like Cops. And then <laughs> okay. They, yeah, well, and so they're investigating. They bring in Mulder and Scully to investigate this guy. I can't remember what the full crux of it is. And just it's it's a really fun episode. I don't want to give too much away of uh, what it ends up being that they're investigating. But it really stuck out to me, and it was a fun episode. So I, I've always been wanting to go back through. So maybe, maybe but there's 22-episode seasons, huh? They're pretty it, yeah pretty it's like
0: it's bulky. 922 episode seasons and then oh, one 6 God. episode season and then I think the final one they did after that was like 10 episodes I would say
1: so I haven't jumped into Fringe right away because it's 22 episodes just sitting there and like in yeah. 45 minutes it's but, a lot
0: act that nah, that's nothing that's only 5 seasons that's that's a walk in the park yeah I know but that's
1: 100 episodes It's a lot of time
0: you know (laughs) not for a tv show it's not like uh, for other stuff maybe but it's not for a tv show Uh,
1: yeah i want to i I have the intent it's all all there Uh, it's
0: just a 42 minute uh network tv show if it's good it's such an easy watch compared to these like hour-long prestige shows that are very dense
1: that is true too uh the the newer model of the longer episodes
0: there's less that's episodes, kind of but each episode is mm-hmm. more of a, like a okay, we're sitting down for a full hour, maybe yeah. maybe more than that for some of them because they're kind of yeah, stretching the is legs true. A bit now.
1: Forty-two minutes does seem light and airy compared to some of the hour and two-minute full, you know, because you also have commercial breaks and stuff built in. And
0: yeah, yeah, the, the forty-two-minute format feels like a breeze to me uh, compared to some <laughs> other stuff. Amen. But um, yeah, no, so, I'll, so I'll see where that goes. Uh, we're we're Early days still. Only only done three episodes, but uh, yeah. yeah, we're doing that weekly. So. You, you,
1: you met Spooky Mulder by now?
0: In, uh, <laughs> yes, he's he's one of the two main characters. So yes, he's in the first. Well, episode. I just
1: mean like that that whole right because if I remember right, it takes a minute for for Scully and him to click, right? So he's still kind of a little bit off. Uh, this early into the season, you know, the trust yes. isn't quite there. So, um.
0: yeah yeah. kind of I mean he is called Spooky Mold in the first episode Mm -hmm. though that's not like a a later thing
1: yeah Uh, I do remember going to see the movie in 97 was 97 or 98 Um, something like that being completely lost got all wrapped up in the hype and I remember people being there asking me and my dad like oh so you guys excited and my dad lying through his teeth oh yeah we watch every week and he looks at me like don't don't talk boy right and I remember watching that movie and it had something to do with bees
0: and, and I
1: was just like I, I'm out <laughs> take, take me to see Lost World again please
0: uh, I Lost World's so boring Matt
1: not to 12 year old me you know that's why like Lost
0: World such a dull sequel oh no okay. I'll, I'll take three over Lost World any day of the week yeah but
1: three, three is like um three's like a, a Taco Bell meal you know you shouldn't be enjoying it but you're gonna keep ordering more you know Not the Spino yeah, the, the feathers, uh, fun
0: stuff. <laughs> okay, they're just listing things you like about Jurassic Part 3. Uh, we should get on to important things like yeah. your favorite segment Shit. of the week the comicsology. Uh, Top
1: 10, everyone! I if I brought up feathered dinosaurs, he'd forget, but I
0: misunderstood mis- or I underestimated people That, that was a, a miscalculation on your part. Uh, a massive miscalculation. So yes, yeah, so we're looking at the current ranking in comiXology at the time of recording. Uh, they're split up into days, so we'll look at Tuesday, which is DC books, and then Wednesday for the rest of the industry to see how things are cooking there. So Matt, you got a guess for Tuesday's books? I'm gonna guess Night Terrors three. Nope. What? Please tell me it's
1: Superman Annual. There's the Superman
0: Annual. Yes,
1: I went for event first because I just thought maybe people are still curious. You know, we're we're over halfway there.
0: Um, we're living on a prayer
1: let's go yeah (laughs) on a prayer that Night Terrors is done Um, (laughs) oh man hey I'm really good Uh, not not to have too many thoughts of the Superman Annual I'm glad that book was number one
0: okay okay number two was Night Terrors issue three Mm -hmm. number three was World's Finest Teen Titans so that beat all of the Night Terrors tie-ins number four was Night Terrors Green Lantern number five was Night Terrors Shazam number six was Night Terrors Robin Number seven was Danger Street. Number eight is Night Terror's Zatanna. Number nine is Wildcats, and number ten is Night Terror's The Flash. Interesting that Night Terror's The Flash came under Zatanna. You would think just yeah. the because Fl- I don't because Green Lantern's first issue mm-hmm. was not good, but it did well purely you know in the ter- in the context of this list, it did well purely because it's called Green Lantern. I'd, I'd expect the Flash would be up next to that, but
1: yeah, but I feel like it's it's the Jeremy Adams people still because it's still the same writer uh, yeah just is,
0: name recognition yeah maybe yeah
1: is is the Night Terrorist Flash stuff written by the team that's taking over
0: no no it's a, it's a no. random so, yeah.
1: so that could just be it I know I skipped Night Terrorist Green Lantern this week
0: after picking up the first issue physical
1: um, but I was like nah even my shop was like you sure you, you talk about Jeremy Adams a lot and I was like yeah no that, that first tie in was, was a forever uh, read
0: so oh, yeah i mean you were you missed that week last month but me and connor yeah. eviscerated it yeah so
1: you know props to him for trying though i, I have the man credit for trying to do his best with a tie into an event that comes two issues into his run <laughs>
0: yeah so, yeah and it's, and it's not the only book to suffer that i mean shazam no. was the same thing uh-huh. that was like two or three issues in and then boom here's a yeah a so it was thing.
1: It was curious that the first four also lined up with like the comic geeks, oh so,
0: really? Okay. Yeah,
1: as you were going, I was like, oh man. And then uh, Robin was was number five, and I, I knew, I knew it couldn't be true. So, um, Danger Street having a good showing still. So, you know, seven that seems to be about where Kings, stuff like that slots in.
0: Uh, it's a more prestige book, but I think uh, they don't have to sell it as well because they know they're going to be selling the hardcover uh, yep. on the shelf for for years, basically. Uh, mm-hmm. And they get they get awards. You know, we were talking just a few weeks ago mm-hmm. about the uh, the Eisners, and um, you know, yeah. Human Target was picking up a bunch of awards. So I, I think they're quite happy with with that stuff. Uh, looking at Wednesday's books, you got a guess for number one from Wednesday? I just I clicked the wrong thing, and it gave me. Everything
1: but Marvel, so... Uh,
0: let's go. <laughs> you might need the um, Marvel books, I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah. You said I do need them? I said you mate.
1: Yeah. Um, my cheat code, I don't see it, it operating. <laughs> oh, there. I'm just going to go with Immortal X-Men. That is incorrect. Ooh. Is there a tie-in that I missed? I was... Went down. Nope. Hold on, I'm looking
0: ah uh, there it is it's Children of the Vault it is Children of the Vault yes that is uh...
1: I, there was no X branding on there until I looked at the artwork
0: so mm, um, yes, yes, the, yes.
1: there was a big X in the corner but nothing on the titles. so dang
0: yeah number two is Immortal X-Men <laughs> number three is Amazing Spider-Man number four is Avengers number five is Ghost Rider Wolverine uh, number six is Guardians of the Galaxy. Number seven is Spider-Man Annual uh, 2022. Uh, number eight is Males Morales Spider-Man. Number nine is Star Wars. And number ten, uh, our only non-Marvel book in the top ten, is House of Slaughter issue 16, which is by James Tynan. So uh, yeah, nice, not bad. Uh, so. Yeah, very Marvel-heavy top 10 uh, for Wednesday this week. Mm-hmm. Um, but fair enough, I suppose. Um, let's look and see if there's anything interesting jumping out. Nothing interesting, but um, you know how we talk about how 90s comics were over-sexualized and stuff? There's, uh-huh. a, there's a comic here called Gun Honey Issue 2 which is really sticking out as an egregious example of yeah. sexualization of comic books.
1: Yeah, the, the Heat. Uh, I have it listed as Heat Seeker, a Gun Honey series. Um. So yeah, with the, are you talking about the cover with the black box on it?
0: Yeah, there's a black banner at the top. I don't feel there's it's a box, but oh it's... man,
1: there's, there's a black box that looks like it's covering up her rear end uh, on the cover. So... Oh no,
0: there's no black box on Amazon. It's it's just so... harass. It's harassing and a gotcha. thong. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so here here there's a black box on the comic. Geeks. They've censored the on League of comic geese. That's yeah. how that's how shameful it is. So. We got ass, yeah. we got side boob, we have the pose of like the ass pointing at the camera but she's turning yeah. around to look at us. That is that is terrible posture for this poor woman. Yes. They did her wrong. Oh her her back is gonna be a nightmare because then yeah. she's thirty, but judging yeah, from yeah. this uh, this pose. Uh it, you know, it's just that classic like no woman's body is this shape kinda yeah. kind of figure. Uh I just wanted to shame that a little bit. Uh,
1: yeah, just, just a tad.
0: Yeah. Uh, so there you go. That was the uh, the comicsology top ten for the week. Um, yeah, and the only news I had was that Wonder Woman movie retraction thing. So, uh, not much there to say either, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I just went looking through too while we were going through that, and there's not a lot. Uh, that's not opinion. There's no like news. It's just a lot of, nah. you know.
0: what I mean, you know, it's not surprising. You know, it's we're only a few weeks removed from Comic Con, there was solicits right after that, it, like. There's not really room yeah. for a bunch of announcements as of yet. Yeah, I'm sure in the coming weeks, maybe solicits for what is November next. Maybe we'll get something juicy. I don't know. Yep. All right. Well, let's just get into it then. Night Terrors, All issue right. three. Joshua Williamson writing with Casper Wingard, Stefano Nisi, and uh, Giuseppe Camanculli on the art. So mm-hmm. we're still rocking multiple artists, three of them yep. in this case um it's still an issue you know like the previous issues have been is you know it's all over the place it's back and forth uh there's very little consistency unfortunately uh i, I won't say too much about it again because we'll just said the same things as we did the last yeah. couple of times so yeah you know, i will say
1: that I-, I prefer that the art didn't do that weird black and red thing uh at the end of the last issue i'm glad we kind of got a good uh peek at these uh sleepless nights because i hadn't read Zatanna yet before I had read this. Mm. Um, so I went back and read the first issue of Zatanna to, to prep for two, and I had seen that they, they had properly kind of been introduced to kind of get what they look like. Um, so here, seeing them actually have those same forms uh, and getting a beat on the art was was a nice change. But I'm going to be honest. I read this first this week, and it did not make that big of an impression. I remember Damien, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I remember Deadman piloting uh, Batman, and stuff. But for the most of it, I don't I don't remember a lot. So, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it's not on, a good
0: sign. Honestly, yeah, it's a pretty forget abolition in a lot of ways. Like, some pages have nice art, like, <laughs> but mm-hmm. not all of them. Uh, yeah. Robin showing up and being awake kind of confirms from the end of Batman, okay, mm-hmm. so Robin is awake in the real world. Uh, obviously, I assume Night Terror's Robin sort of told some of that story, but we never read I'm it. I'm
1: not I'm not sure it did because the, the Night Tears Robin I read was just uh, Tim and Jason. Oh, really? There was okay. no Damien. The only time I remember seeing uh, Damien was in the back of Batman and then in um, the free comic book day stuff.
0: It must have just been the free comic book day thing then. Yeah. Uh, which, mm-hmm. which, to be fair, the editor's note does point to that as opposed to anything else mm-hmm. in, in the book. Um, yeah, Rob, Robin shows up and kind of helps save Sandman and, and uh, Deadman Batman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they rush off. Uh, Damien knows that Dead Man's in there. Well, he knows that someone's possessing Batman. He knows it's not his dad. Yeah. And Dead Man comes out. Uh, but the big thing is, is that once again, we get some flashbacks. You know, Dead Man sort of reaches out to uh, Insomnia's mind. Last time we got the whole Lazarus oh, Rain yeah. stuff and kind of some of who he was, the context. This time we get that he's in, like, group therapy, talking about, what you know, why he's there. Mm-hmm. And effectively he's blames the justice league for something so this is a bit of a mystery we don't know what the justice league did or mm-hmm. you know presumably there was a big fight the justice league and yeah. maybe there was some collateral damage that led to something that affected this guy fair enough mm-hmm. uh, but when someone suggests that one day he'll forgive the justice league he goes absolutely psychotic and starts which, uh stabbing people and cutting off his eyelids yeah which
1: i didn't that never read the eyelid look which makes a lot of sense he's called insomnia right uh, i I never got the the minus eyelid. I just thought he was wide awake, you know, so that was a nice little horror touch here, you know, I'm cutting off his eyelids.
0: I'll be honest, the tone of this kind of caught me by surprise. I like horror, as you know, man. Mm-hmm. um yes, but I feel like <clears throat> this feels a little try hard to me to make his like think he's a scary, dangerous villain, and i oh. you know i, I don't I, know. I, I wasn't feeling I, it. I,
1: It's not the Michael Myers, you know, evil exists and and is always lurking in the uh, shadows. It's just, you know, dude goes nuts uh, and and starts stabby, stabby everybody. Um, Which, yeah, isn't really horrific. Like, yeah, it's not good. But it's kind of my problem with some modern horror where it's just it's too much right like there's no
0: well, tension it's, th- yeah, it's not even that it's too much I, I don't really have a problem with what he ultimately does the, the problem is that there's no build up to it yeah. like, there's, there's no tension there's no like big mm-hmm. build up to the release you know you, you, if you do something this horrific you want to have it slowly build to it even yeah. if even if it is just in the one scene you can do it in one scene mm-hmm. but you have to give it time to breathe you have to give the signs that he's going to snap or the, the hints yeah. that maybe something's bubbling so that when he does erupt it yeah, feels like it's cause- you know a payoff
1: because at the beginning it just reads like he's in a therapy it doesn't like not like he's been that troubled by whatever happened with the justice league
0: yeah he's, he's talking very normal and then just uh-huh. all of a sudden he flips like like it's nothing and it, it just right. it, it came off just like just just very abrupt yeah. to me
1: and what i mean by too much is it there's not it's all gas no breaks right like you're talking about that it needs it needs that tension it needs that build for everything this just he just snaps and decides to start going on a stabbing spree
0: and honestly, you know? my, my my big <clears throat> disappointment of this issue, which is the dead man and Damien, uh, go into. Oh, that's right, that's right. The dreamscape, the, the limbo. Yeah, it's not the dreamscape. It's like in between. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's between mm-hmm. the uh, it's between the waking world and the dream world. There's something in between. And honestly, this is the moment. Like I lost all interest in this story.
1: <laughs> because... I forgot about it, but I do want to <laughs> say. Once, once, I'll let you get through because I'm trying to do, I'm trying to work a, a like, a, a color commentary play by play thing with you where I can just add oh, okay. color. So I'll let you, <laughs> I'll let you do the play by play on it real quick and then I'll, I'll give you my, my thought on it.
0: 369 episodes in, Matt's thinking, you know what? I'm going to change our, our style. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. going to try something new. Yeah, Well, it,
1: it's come from watching a lot of wrestling and hearing okay. how Rickabani and, uh, and, um, Nigel McGuinness are. Right? So you know, there's there's the two man booth and it works out well.
0: Yeah, so. I, I just I <clears throat> I was a spare wheel, I agree. Um so yeah, so so they have this plan. Sandman they they realize that if the if the nightmare stone's not in the dream world, then maybe it was hidden in between the dream world and the waking world, and we get this limbo in-between place. So Sandman sends them in there and he has to hold off the, the nightmare uh warrior dudes, whatever they're mm-hmm. called. The sleepless nights. Yep, sleepless nights. And they, th- these two, go into this like in-between world, and mm-hmm. there's a house of horrors. Blah 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 blah. I think instantly, I just kind of felt like, oh this is like, this is all the forces again to me from Williamson. Mm-hmm. It's like,
1: ah, uh, you took what I was going to say away. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that was my color commentary. Was this is the forces again, and it's done even more haphazardly.
0: It's, like, it's just—it's adding more layers onto mythology that's already yeah. got enough. Right? There's already enough yeah. here to to this, but you—you've added in like a, another category in between, just for the sake of having an answer to this event. And it's just—it's yeah. not. you are just made up a new thing, and it's not yeah. satisfying Well, also
1: like when I consider when we had heard that Doctor Destiny had hit it in the nightmares of a hero, right. Like, I knew Dead Man was central, but I didn't think, because Deadman's Man's not really a hero. He's a ghost, right? So, just, I understand dream logic and all this other stuff. And it not being in the nightmare or anything. That, these are just, like, it was red herring on top of a red herring that ultimately didn't do anything for the story.
0: You know what I mean? because i think the, the the core idea and i like the core idea when it was first proposed which is mm-hmm. the, the villain that's not as bad as this villain hid the nightmare stone in someone one of the heroes nightmares mm. and my assumption from that was a that's kind of a cool idea because it's like a really interesting yeah. place to hide something but my my assumption from a like a storytelling perspective is that this would lead to like okay which hero has a nightmare that you would hide this in, and yeah. presumably the th- discovering that nightmare would be like revealing something about that character because th- th- mm-hmm. I don't know th- just I don't know pick pick anyone pick pick Wonder Woman right yeah th- let's say it was something so horrific in there that a fear we didn't understand she had or we didn't understand the extremity of that fear, maybe it reveals something that was maybe going to pivot into like what her new run is going to be about maybe you know maybe yeah. Tom King had had input or something like just. I assumed it was going to reveal something about a character, and instead, it's just, no, here's just another fantastical idea of this third, like... And we have so many, like, how many like astral planes and stuff do we have in dc now now we have Jiminy. like the waking world the dreaming world the limbo in between but then you've got oh, the living mm-hmm. world you've got the afterlife you've got uh so, the dark multiverse and then that's before we even get to multiverse shit we've got dark multiverse and we've got yeah. the underverse the omniverse
1: so, when they started talking about the limbo and it's not the dreamscape i really like i don't know what the deals are with with the, the Neil Gaiman characters, right? With the Endless and all of yeah. that. I really thought we were going to get, like, like um, Dream popping up in here, right? To kind of give the assist, because he's, he's in between, and, you know? And this was a big enough of an event in story for Dream to do something with, right?
0: Yeah. Like, also, just on that, we should acknowledge there's a chance, because neither of us are that well-versed in Sandman, yeah. that that the old Gaiman Sandman. Right. Or Gaiman. I'm pretty sure it's Gaiman. Anyway, gaming, that, yeah. that maybe this limbo is a concept that actually comes from that. Maybe this is not <clears throat> Williamson's creation, but it, right. in, in this comic, it felt like made up. It felt like a new thing yeah. in this comic.
1: Right, but I just felt like it felt like a space that the Endless would, would occupy. You know, the space between spaces and stuff. And just when we got to the House of Horrors, which I loved in Batman uh, versus Robin, when Wade played with the House of Secrets Right, and what was the other house? Uh, The House of Mysteries. Hmm. Like I like those as a concept in a pulpy style story. When we got to the House of Horrors, I kind of groaned, because I was like, okay, this is a hat on a hat at this point. So we're in the we're in the limbo in between space, but we're also at the House of Horrors. But the House of Horrors exists outside of nightmares. So it's like what Pete was saying. It's how many different planes. Exists now. There's just it's 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 a lot.
0: Yeah, if it hell is a comic out this week we called the Spirit World, which is mm-hmm. separate from like the afterlife that Wonder Woman was in just like yeah. a year ago. It's like yeah. there's
1: so many things. <laughs> even as a continuity nerd, this is where I start to see where people are just like, just read comics. Don't worry about continuity. <laughs> just don't worry about it. I and, I and I get it, but I do like when there's an interconnectivity between sure. favorite universe, right? But. Shh. When trying to categorize this all in the filing cabinet in my brain, it's a lot, man. It's just so, too much shit. And it, yeah. it,
0: but much like the, the, the other forces in the Flash, where it's like the Stealth Force, the Strength Force, <clears throat> the whatever force, the Sage Force, whatever the, all those other ones were, yeah. um, that's just felt like that to me, where it's like, here's another layer we didn't consider where something else could be. And I'm like, oh, this, is, like this is just so out of left field that there's nothing satisfying because it wasn't set up earlier to me mm-hmm. you know whereas if we had found because what it, I, either this would be a bit about finding the right hero if we we're indeed trying to find a nightmare stone um, yeah. or part of me thought oh no this is going to be a fight that takes place with all the heroes who are still awake whilst most of the important ones are asleep and that yeah. would be interesting because it'd be like a weird um i guess it's kind of like the one minute war with the speedsters but kind of different yeah. you know yeah. everyone else is asleep so it's just the robots and zatanna and and Dead Man and Sandman and whoever uh-huh. else is there to actually fight yeah, the battle. Z- zombie Sandman. Right. And it, that's a cool yeah. concept because it's kind of interesting that these sea listers and whatnot mm-hmm. get a chance to like take the spotlight. That could be all very fun. Mm-hmm. And instead <laughs> we have this. And yeah, and just
1: the way that they get the the uh, nightmare stone out of dead man, it's just it's very saw. You know, and I'm not. Oh, actually, ah,
0: explain that. Like we've not even mentioned that they find another yeah. dead man.
1: So it's in Dead Man's nightmares or his mental state or whatever, and he mentions which I did think I did like this little story point is that uh, when when Dead Man goes into the House of Horrors, he finds his body from when he was like an acrobat lying on the ground, and Dead Man adds some commentary that. People don't realize I was still alive when I hit the ground. The the shots didn't kill me instantly and the fall didn't kill me. So I was agonizing for minutes and I was like, okay, that's super dark in nightmare E, right? So then he has to plunge his hand into his dying body to pull out the nightmare stone, which again, doesn't go with the story, at least to me, of us being told that it was in his nightmares.
0: Well, no, but but it's not any of his nightmares. That's that's the important thing to to discern with this. Right. Is that we're we're in limbo, and they go into the House of Horror, Mm -hmm. and this... So he just basically gets it from the House of Horror, but the House of Horror like effectively creates like a dark moment from his past for him to actually live through so it it kind of creates a nightmare but this isn't inside nightmare realm this isn't inside like it wasn't hidden in in dead man's nightmare it was hidden in limbo and then the house of horror in limbo created a nightmare in the moment for him to like suffer through which if this sounds confusing and a bunch of bullshit it's because it is confusing and is is. a bunch of bullshit (laughs)
1: Right. Which again, it could have just said that the House of Horrors gave Dead Man a nightmare. And and Dead Man say, like, all it would take is a simple setup in in an early issue where Dead Man's like, I miss dreaming. Right. Because he's dead. He doesn't dream. Right. So therefore, it couldn't be, you know, him. And that, that would be the red herring. So then when you get there and the House of Horrors creates this nightmare scenario, his last agonizing moment on Earth. Right. And that's where it's hidden. That's something I could get behind.
0: Fact, but that's not. In fact, you just said you just said something that was even more interesting. What if yeah. it wasn't Dead Man's Nightmares, and the reason why it was so well hidden mm. is because he doesn't dream anymore, right? It right. was hidden in Dead Man's Nightmare, but he doesn't dream, right. so you can't right. get to them, and the right. only way to get to them is through something, you know, other avenue, right? This the,
1: it gives you a reason to get the convolutedness, right? I, I, yeah. I just.
0: Like this entire issue really is about getting the heroes that are awake getting mm-hmm. to the nightmare stone before the villain. And the ending is, you know, right. dead man, Batman holding it in his hand saying, We've yeah. got the nightmare stone but he's also maybe slightly possessed because then he says, My dreams will then come true. He looks like he's maybe right. I don't know, he's been affected by the, the energy he's, of the Nightmare Stone.
1: Yeah. He's gonna have to fight it off, you know, get yeah. Nanda Barbat involved. But Barbat, mystical energies.
0: Like, part of me feels like this is too condensed into too few issues because there should be Mm -hmm. more of an actual interesting story of getting to the artifact. This, like, after all these issues in the past five or six weeks of insomnia looking for this goddamn nightmare stone, this felt so absurdly easy to just go and get it that it -hmm. just feels so anticlimactic.
1: Yeah. Also, the stuff with Wesley Dodds and his science and the gas stuff, I I did kind of like because it gave us a reason... For, for Dodds to be there beyond having, you know, zombie Sandman running around, um, you know, to put them into that state that's not sleeping nor oh. dreaming. Also,
0: you've yeah. got an entire world where everyone is asleep barring a few select people, right? Mm-hmm. Why not use that world? Why not use the fact that you True. can literally walk in anywhere like it's a post-apocalypse and use anything yeah. because no one's there to stop you? Like, yeah. what if the heroes actually use that in a plan to try and stop the villains? Because, okay, mm-hmm. well, we can you know, we're not we're not Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, but hey, we can walk into this nuclear power plant and do something with that. I'm not suggesting that's what they should do. I'm just giving an example of, like, this is one of the many, many things they could just go in and utilize if they needed to. Yeah. So why not use the fact that you've got this interesting world that's now set up because everyone's asleep and instead of exploring a sleeping world, which sounds kinda eerie and interesting, mm-hmm. we're doing let's go into limbo with magic and get the, the MacGuffin yeah. I I'm just like this has went so far off the deep end from what anything I wanted from it.
1: <laughs> yeah. True. Well then that was the mistake, is that we wanted more from it and it just really started to feel uh, like a holdover for two months while well, like, well, they get things in order, you know.
0: Yeah, so. I don't know. I, I really don't. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, art's all over the place because we get multiple artists. If you yeah. like the art in one page, there's a good chance you won't like it on another. Um, <laughs> I will say I do like the intro to this issue and the last issue with Deadman talking as if he's like a, a presenter. Like last time he yeah. was a TV presenter, this time he was on a stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I kind of like the stylistic touch of that, but I mean, obviously, yeah. it's not enough to save the issue in <laughs> any way, yeah. shape, or form. So, yeah. All right, what are you rating Night Towers three?
1: I'm giving this a five. <sighs>
0: i'm going a four there you go it sucks i don't recommend it right Uh, where are we next we got night terrors shazam issue two mark wade writing and roger Mm -hmm. cruz on the art so this like i think the art in this is pretty nice i think Mm -hmm. mark wade uh has done a better job at writing these tie-ins than just about anyone else um, unfortunately, by the end, it still falls victim to just being a tie-in to an event that we don't like.
1: It, it has a formula, a lot of it, it boils down to, mm-hmm. you know, Mary, teach them the magic word, and then, move, you know, her move on. Yeah, I, mean, I wish we had spent more time with Mary going through, you know, her own fears being, you know, the older sister to Billy and the family,
0: yeah, that, you that- know, and this is the other problem with all these two issue tie-ins is that even if a writer does come up with a good story they've only got two issues to tell it in Mm -hmm. so i appreciate the intent here of like okay mary realizing she does have the power to say shazam Mm -hmm. and then she flies through the dreams of all of her family members to make sure they were okay and effectively you know so she goes to darla first right and i I think the voice here for mary is great you know saying i'll go to darla first Darla's always first because she's the she's the baby. She's, she's the kid. She's right? the little. Yep. Yeah. And saying, okay, you've got this fear of all these these giants which represent grown-ups. Hey, here's the power of Shazam. And gives her the power. Um, same with uh Eugene, same with Pedro, so on and so forth. Everyone but Billy, because Billy's not there. And-
1: I, I did get a, a laugh out of Freddie, because his nightmare was just this wacky,
0: his head's bigger, or smaller. It was smaller, yeah. It looked yeah, really small.
1: And stuff. And Mary just looks and goes freddie knows what to do <laughs> right. uh, which i did get a kick out of that
0: yeah uh pedro just needs uh, clothes on he's he's having the classic mm-hmm. uh i'm yep. naked talking to class dream yep. uh and so the insomnia version of billy is chasing her through these dreams and eventually catches up to her they have this fight uh and there's a great two page spread where he punches mm-hmm. her through what looks like multiple dreams yep. uh you know and it's all these like strips of color it's really nice uh, mm-hmm. So you know the craft is really good, and then there's this great sequence after that where he's holding her in his hands, and it's like he's getting bigger, but the the panel stays focused on Mary, and you just see like like he gets big and goes out of frame to the point where yeah. he's just like a fist coming in from the side. Yeah, and that's really like he's, the the sequential yeah. art's really good in that sense. Yeah,
1: no, Roger Cruz is really good, and it's like he's overshadowing her, right? Yeah, like he she's very much in Billy's shadow, no matter what she does, no matter how that, good she is. And, that's, and that's, a, that's the commentary that I really dig from Wade.
0: Yeah, and that's that's her <laughs> fear. And then the, the surprise ending is that the rest of the family, she's all went to help. all, yep. figured out how to travel the dreams as well and come and help yep. her. Again, how does this link up with the logic over all of these dreams and who's dreaming together and how can you move just from one to the other? Yeah. Don't ask. It, it, it's all a bit fuzzy. Just yeah. go with it. Cause... Well, i then
1: not just like the parents. You would think like, oh, they don't know about us having the power of Shazam. So they, we, you know, I can't teach them the magic word. Well, if it's a dream logic, why not? They would well, just that, have
0: a dream. To be fair, you know? I think these parents do know, though, right? They know.
1: I I thought so, but they don't have the power of Shazam. But, like, it's a dream. Why can't they, you know what I mean? Why can't they, they be the, the mom and dad Shazam, right? Like, that was just a little
0: bit no, I mean, no, I mean, I, I kind of got that. And it was it was kind of nice that it was like, no, they're there for each other. So they'll fight side by side with swords yeah. kind of thing in their pirate dream. Uh, yeah. Like that, 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 that was all right to me. Uh, I, I I don't like the ending too much though, where Mary wakes up and then she mm-hmm. sees insomnia outside the window and she's like, "Holy shit! Um, is he real or am I still dreaming?" Like right. that ending just kind of felt like a. And there's a few of these tie-ins that end this way this week, where it's like uh to be continued in uh, Night Terror's Night's End, yeah. which is like a you know the big the one shot coming later in the month. Yeah, the Omega. And I just kind of felt like eh, uh, like mm-hmm. I, I don't know, like, how like I felt like you could have just ended your story, but of course they want everyone to, like, be invested in the main thing, uh, yeah. so you know, it, it, it like, I, I think the first issue was better, because it, it was more focused on Mary, I uh-huh. like the overall ideas of this one, the sentiment behind it, but it still kind of falls victim to, one, having to squeeze it all into an issue, and two still having to, like, do the, the, the cliffhanger at the end for the event, when really, like, this could have just been self-contained, you
1: know? Yeah, I agree. I just, you know, anytime <laughs> Mary can get... Sorry. Um, anytime Mary can get the, the spotlight, I'm there for it. And I really like Wade's voice from her because it does fall in line with uh, the Josie Campbell uh, Mary that we got shortly before this.
0: Yeah, know? I mean, I said last month that I was glad that he picked a different character to follow because mm-hmm. it, it, it made it feel more worthwhile. And I still, yeah. I still feel that way, but I, I do think that this... I think... Part two suffered more from being part of the event than part one yeah, did to me.
1: For sure. Yeah, and it was, it was partially that formula, too, for just flying through and waking them up. And, you know, I would have liked a little bit more just about Mary and Billy and, you know, her being the older sister, but, you know, Billy's the main focus of everything and uh, and all of that. And it, that it, all it that does, stuff really hit.
0: It, it does, uh, you know, give me the confidence that Mark's not going to forget about Mary and the mm-hmm. main run. You know, there's, there's going that's to be true. inclusion for everyone, and that's good, yeah. but... Uh, and they the were. art is, you know, like Roger Cruz, I don't necessarily always love his more cartoony faces. That, or, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like cartoony faces from different artists. His don't always completely work for me, but his layouts and his kind of clean line work do look good. And like, there's yeah. some good double page spreads and some good layouts uh, and some inventive stuff in here. So it's we,
1: we read Cruz a flash, right? He was uh, one of Adams's go-to guys
0: he was yeah he was in flash and i think he also popped up in like some supergirl stuff at one point uh and i feel like he's in something He he, he bounces around a lot of dc stuff recently he's one of their like go-to secondary artists i'd say right now Yeah,
1: yeah yeah and so it's very consistent all throughout you know uh and like you were saying his layouts are really really fun you know the stuff with the dreams uh we get some laughs out of it which is nice in a in a horror you know comedy popping up in horror is always a relief so uh, but, but yeah I'm much much uh, I'm sad that that we don't get anything else from the Shazam family because I'm not reading Black Adam right um out of this you know like I feel like some of these characters we could have gotten versus some of the other tie-ins right like I, I do want to know what Billy's up to right now you know why is he not why wasn't he the focus here so
0: I was thinking, yeah, we'll see. I mean, he, he's the main character in the ongoing book you'll have him next month it's fine
1: yeah no I know but it was just like I'm I'm glad that we got to be with, with Mary but like where was Billy in all of this he, uh, he is Earth's Mightiest uh, Mortal you know so that, that that's really just my again my problems with this book come down to nitpicks he's, he's away for know. the
0: weekend like I don't know yeah. it's just, yeah. it comes down to that he wanted to focus on Mary so it's just does Billy's away Yeah, that's it uh all right what are you what are you rating
1: I'm going to give us a 7 6.5 for
0: me okay I think it's just a little bit weaker on that first one um I I appreciate it more than some of the tie-ins but uh, it suffers from just being a tie-in to an event basically Yeah uh so that is that uh Shazam Zatanna issue 2 Dennis Culver it's writing it. with what? You,
1: you want to try that again?
0: Oh, Night Terrors. (laughs) Shazam Zatanna just sounds funny to say, okay?
1: It does. If you people know more than me, let me know if there's ever been a a Shazam Zatanna story Uh, from back in the day. That's something I'd like to read.
0: Yeah, Night Terrors Zatanna, issue two, Dennis Culvert with David uh, Baldian on the art. So this was notable last time because it was one of the few where the main character was awake. So that was like, okay, and instantly... There's something more interesting going on here. Uh, having Robot Man be kind of the the co-lead, especially coming from the writer of the current Doom Patrol book, felt mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, I'm liking these voices. And they are, and I didn't know they are that well connected to this. I actually really like the art from uh, mm. these two issues of Zatanna. Um, yeah. I will say, though, as much as I think this was a very easy read and there's some really nice art in here, uh, and I do like Culver's voice for Zatanna and especially Robot Man, Um, This whole her being chased by a demonic robot man who's been turned into a a sleep demon by the the Sleepless Nights. Um, It's basically all just like, it's not technically a dream. It's the maze underneath the Hall of Justice, but it might as well be a dream because she's just running around a maze. (laughs) So I felt disappointed by the fact that it just felt like it could have been a nightmare despite the fact that it's technically not it still plays out like one you know when zatara shows up in zombie form to mock her and talk down to her it's still just zombie it's not you know it's still it's still just nightmare stuff even even if she's not asleep it's still nightmare stuff so sadly uh i have to be kind of harsh on this one as well despite the fact that once again like, the art's even better in this than it was in the the, the Mary Marvel book. I, I do actually think the art here is really good, and I hope to see this artist on more DC books. Uh, so that's really cool stuff. Uh, but it is just kind of fluff. It's just fluff running and fighting, and ultimately Zatanna's is able to, you know, use a bit of magic to trick the villain and bring Robot Man back, and then they work side by side, and they go off together. They fist pump, and... Robot Man says... Oh, no, sorry. Zatanna says, yes, let's go off and like beat up bad guys, hex and violence style. Uh, which, you know, very good. So it's feeling good enough. The art is really nice. But I really can't say that much of substance really happened. or recommend it as a, a standalone two-parter because it is just kind of fitting in. Like, nothing of substance really happens by the end. And you could say, well, Zatanna is like... Been you know told by her, her evil version of her dad that she's not you know worth it and she's a failure blah blah and I'm like yeah but all these night terrorist tie ins are doing the exact same thing yeah. where their their backstory parental figure or whoever it is is telling them they're not worth anything like it's all the same shit nothing nothing new is said god damn it uh, so sadly I also have to be kind of critical of this I, I know Matt you didn't read this one
1: uh, no 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 I got I got about three pages in. And then forgot to get back to it. Um, I got to the, the transformed robot man. And I think, I'm like, okay, it's time for bed. Uh, and then didn't have enough time today. So Yeah. I, I will agree about the art. The art is really good. Because I did thumb through it before we started. So.
0: Um, it's funny because is... when I was talking about Roger Cruz's art in mm-hmm. uh, Shazam, I yeah. was saying that I don't like his cartoony faces. I would also describe this as cartoony faces, but I really like this cartoony face right. style. You know, so right. it, it, it's, it's hard a bit to different. it's hard to describe why. Like, you know, it, it, there's a yeah. certain point with art where you're just kind of saying, "I like this and I don't like this," and there's not really much beyond just a, a personal taste thing. But yeah, um, it works for me here uh, much much more. Um, so, uh, like. Yeah, honestly, this is a really short review because I really have very little to say about the, the the bulk of what's going on in it. So I'll just give it a. I I can't go I can't go up to the seven. I have to go six point five again. It's just yeah, it's just like I can't call either of them good, and give them that seven benchmark because unfortunately they still just feel like tie-ins that don't really feel like they're important or really do much enough to recommend to anyone. So yeah, 6.5 is a bit highest I can possibly go uh, for, for this as well, uh, which is a shame, but there's what it is. So cool. Superman Annual 2023, Joshua Williamson and a lot of artists, which I'll tell you about in a minute <laughs> when I'm looking at the <laughs> credits page. Uh, there was too many to bother writing down in the the timestamps. So do you know what? Right. The Superman run from Williamson, which is only like five or six issues so far, is, Mm -hmm. you know, it's been very up and down. There's things I've liked, there's things that I've really not liked, and, you know, that's kind of par for the course for Williamson for me at this point. Uh, but I will say this annual came out at the perfect time when we're desperate for the regular books that it was just nice to have and let me make this clear this is very much the next issue in the run because there's no way this isn't in the trade between issues whatever you know whatever five and six yeah five and six because this advances the story it references everything that's going on it probably has the biggest uh, Marlin Moonlight bit that we've had so far and it's Mm -hmm. going to be important going forward so Uh, This is very much not skippable as an annual, uh, which I I prefer. Uh, Anyway, even in in a normal comics month, I would rather the annual just be an extra issue of the main book. But this month, especially, when we've not Uh had most of the main books, I especially appreciated that this was just the next issue of Superman.
1: Yeah, and I like that in an annual sense, too, we get, like, a bunch of interconnected stories, right? So it's... I I had a misunderstanding reading what this was about, um, but... uh, in this issue, it's Lois acting as editor in chief, sending out the Daily Planet reporters to go cover different things that are that have occurred and are occurring in Metropolis. You know, so kind of is revisiting some of the plot threads that we've seen, um, and I think it does it very effectively.
0: Yeah, um, it's. Uh, yeah i mean i i don't think it's you say i mean it is incorrect stories like you said but it, it's not like in a, a gimmicky way it's just you know mm-hmm. there's just because there's more pages there's more stories yeah. they can put in there's more subplots yeah. that they can put in and they do this thing early on where lois is talking to all the writers at the daily planet and we get this rundown of the ones that you know which are, you know are cat and they've, they've mm-hmm. recently you know in recent years they've made a, 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 a an effort to for Trish, who's like the gossip columnist, you. to, to yeah. be like there. Steve's obviously a classic, but uh-huh. you know, there's the other four, you know, the, the, the politics guy, uh, mm-hmm. Steve's sister, I assume she's not new, but I mean, I don't really think I've heard or be mm-hmm. talked about much before. Um, and then the crime writer, who's Erica, like, you know, there's a few extra ones. I'm like, okay, they're, yeah. they're building a whole roster of writers. And the whole point of this is that they all pitch their stories that might make page one, and lois is like this is the same shit you've all been writing about for ages you know what we're going to shake things up and she basically hands them all she flips all the assignments around she makes steve yeah. go talk to a live wire at the prison she makes cat yeah. go and do the raid along with the police and makes you know she does all this she shuffles everyone up yep and they're all freaked all, out about it
1: oh well in the background superman's fighting a mecha toy man device do
0: you know what you know this book other than like mentioning that Superman's fighting Toy Man somewhere mm-hmm. in the city the book th- s- does not focus on it so much that when it mm-hmm. actually did cut to a page of Superman's perspective mm-hmm. like halfway or so through it was kind of I was like wait I, I didn't think we were going to do this I thought this yeah. was going to be all just all these other characters perspectives yeah. and we were going to just avoid Superman for mm-hmm. the issue but um we do get a little bit of him later on
1: yeah but I do like that it is in the background he's fighting this big gigantic you know Toy Man robot and you know as as lois is trying to pull these other threads uh, together and I, I do like how she picks you know she mixes it up in that way because it, it gave me a, a really good laugh when lombard comes back from talking to Livewire. wire
0: you know? <laughs> she she, she did not know anything about sports so i couldn't do it
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's just like god lombard's the he's the best at being the worst yeah you know
0: uh, by the way, just while I'm on this page, uh, so the artists for this book are Mohamed Asrar, Edwin Gal- Galman, uh, Caitlin Yarski, Max Rayner, and Jart Um And to this credit, despite the fact that there's five artists, I'm not going to say that I didn't notice the changes, but I will say I don't think there was any great weak links. You know, as opposed yep. to Night Towers 3, where I was actively disliking some pages, yep. I think I liked pretty much all the art to some degree in this.
1: So yeah, I, I
0: like that the different art styles
1: too pop up into the story. So like the when when Jimmy goes to Supercore, right? That's one artist. Versus when um, what's the one of the other plot lines? When uh, Cat goes on the ride along. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, those are two separate artists, and they keep it consistent throughout, right? Um, So it it, it creates this bigger sense, and that's where I was getting it with the interconnected stories to where, you know, they're not interconnected to where we follow a thread from one to the other, but they are, this is what's going on at Metropolis all at the same time.
0: Yeah, yeah, and there's some back and forth in the writers, you know, the pen, you know, the the, the writer's pen of the the Daily Planet, Mm -hmm. the bill pen. That's the the word I was looking for, bill pen. (laughs) I was like, pen, pen, something pen, something pen. Um, Yeah, and so you you have all these things going on, You know, I I don't know if I'm liking the comedy direction they've got Parasite going in. It's maybe, because, you know, overall, before I go any further, I actually did mostly like this issue. um, And it made me feel a bit more positive about the run. But the two things that I don't like is that I don't like this whole Lex was kind of a hero in his early days and this issue sort of dives into exploring Mm -hmm. that because Lois is like, how could we not know about this? We're going to look into this, right? So that's one of the plot lines. Uh, (laughs) But the other thing that I don't know how I feel about is comedy Parasite who works at Supercorp.
1: It is a bit much. However, (laughs) judging from the different versions of of Rudy, the person he was before he was Parasite, Mm. this is kind of who he was before so i can buy the idea that if he's not constantly hungry he can be a functioning member of society um does he need to be working at Supercore? no um but you know uh, i i can look past it just a, a little bit so uh it did give me quite the laugh though and jimmy's like uh, Par- parasites here right and you know mercy is like oh no you know he he's on work release he has to go back every weekend
0: yeah you know? yeah Um, and it's funny because there's like a there's a whole little action scene here where they think parasites went bad but it turns out it was one of the the copies from the prior plot that's sort of on its own and Parasite comes in and sort of says, I'll keep him uh, right. effectively as a pet. And I kind of felt like this was just like padding for the page count. I'm like, I feel like seeing yeah. him in the business, the, sh- the shirt and tie doing work, that could have just been the final point and ended the scene. But we, yeah. had, to, we had to have a little scare where oh, is he went bad. Well, it didn't really matter.
1: I also think it was Williamson reminding us that, that Mercy does have Lazarus' reign power still.
0: Oh, yeah, because right? she forms a she cannon transforms. out of her yeah. arm. Yeah.
1: Which I was like, are we going to forget about that? And no, because I do like, too, that Jimmy points out, like, we don't know anything about Mercy. We don't know what she did before she worked for Luther. She still calls him Mr. Luther, right? And, like, she was just willing to let Superman come in and run Supercore. So I do like that they're you know, Williamson is putting some seeds into was it, what, what Mercy has going on.
0: Was it the Superman animated series? No, maybe it was the Justice League animated series where Mercy was a robot. There was definitely there was definitely a version yep. where she was an android.
1: Yeah, it was either Justice it was either Justice League uh, Unlimited or Superman uh, later seasons. Yeah. But, yeah.
0: Uh, so Lois is frustrated that she's back at the office. She doesn't really like being an editor. So as soon as Steve mm-hmm. suggests that she go and interview <laughs> Livewire herself, she's like, yep. yeah, good idea, Steve. Hold down the fort with those donuts. Yep. So I'm going to go, I'm gonna go <laughs> and talk to Livewire. Gotcha,
1: chief. Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I will say, I was surprised to get a reference to Bendis' run uh, here, Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. with Red Cloud seeing Lois slain at the prison and immediately being like, oh shit, I'm breaking out right now to try and kill her, uh, and then Lois convinces him to let out Livewire, and mm-hmm. Livewire fights on behalf of Lois because she wants to be interviewed. Uh, yeah. And and also Livewire is kind of good now because she's dating Jimmy. There's you know there's a whole no no no, Banshee's dating Jimmy. Oh Banshee's dating Jimmy. You're right very right, yeah. right. sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm but a... the
1: thing with Livewire is is I feel like Livewire just wants an audience.
0: I'm mixing so if you up can my give it an audience. Yeah, I'm, I'm mixing up my my, my my lady Superman villains here. Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, but I do like the idea that she just wants to be heard, and so you, if you let her just talk, she'll play ball because that's really and that's what Lois yeah. promises. It me, jo- like
0: it was in my, it was in my head because there was a joke earlier on in the issue where. Uh, uh, Trish's, or it was Cat who was saying, "Oh, I could talk uh-huh. about uh, uh, Jimmy and their, his new girlfriend, but uh-huh. we could wait a few days, and I could just talk about the breakup instead." <laughs> yeah, oh, God,
1: I you know, Williamson does have a pretty good voice for a lot of these um, Daily Planet writers, right? Like, he does. He that does. Feels very spot yeah. on for Cat.
0: So. I, I, I think he's doing a good job with the the person to person conversations and mm-hmm. the voices. It's, it's this the greater plots that he sometimes is uh, maybe yeah. going to fumble. Um, so after that, we do cut to Superman, and uh, I don't know which artist on this page, but they were going for Christopher Reeve because yep. I see, I see Christopher Reeve at least on that one yep. panel. I uh, think
1: that's because it's kind of a darker, more shadowy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's Edwin Galman because I'm looking at covers as, as we talk, and that's looks like the style on the Edwin Galman. Okay, cover. okay, so, uh, but so- it's, it kind of reminded me of uh, what's his name? Uh, Mike Perkins on the Lois book a little bit.
0: No? Just me? No, I don't know. Uh, okay. Uh, but anyway, so Superman goes to find Toy Man because he was fighting one of Toy Man's big things uh, mm-hmm. in the city. But Toyman's Man's all tied up and gagged. And he's like, wait, what's going yep. on here? And it turns out uh, the, the, the evil doctors that have been you know, the main villains mm-hmm. so far on this plot, Craft uh, and... Farm. Farm, that was it. I was like, it's not yep. Dr. Giggles. I want to say Giggles, but yep. it's not Giggles. Yep. Uh, so... You know that's like okay, that's interesting. So they're they're they keep sort of setting up things for Superman to do without striking them yet. So that's yep. like a thing that they've got going. Uh, Lois has got workers looking up all the old non-digitized records of anything written about Lex in the old days because uh, yep. she wants to look into all this history. And Cat's on the ride along, and basically she's just kind of like. She's basically asking them about their love lives because that's what she yeah. she, she writes about. She,
1: and she's kind of flirting with the with the other cop, you know, and you know, not not really doing. I mean, what is she supposed to do on a ride along besides just observe what the police are doing, right? Like, right
0: about something else for a change, man. That's what she's about to do. Uh, no,
1: no, I know that, but like, I don't know what, what else. Cat, you know, so yeah. her flirting with the with the cop, I thought was pretty funny.
0: But uh, there's a, a random robbery. Presumably, they're taking advantage that Superman's busy with big toy man stuff, <laughs> and uh, they, they're in pursuit. But the Marilyn Moon, Moonlight character like comes in, and we get a big sequence with her making like guns at a light, and like stopping these guys. And Cat like goes up and tries to get a quote. Um, and there's an interesting little exchange here where she says, um, yeah. "You know, get, get like." She, she asks uh, don't you want the city to know that you're there to make them feel yeah. safe and she says uh, no because Metropolis has never felt safe for me so it's, it's right. sort of like you know, hitting at maybe some of the characteristics and themes that we're going to be hitting at with that character you know this is a black character so it feels like we're going to be hitting at some of that stuff yep. which, is, which is good um, mm-hmm. so and it's interesting to include Cat more in this yeah. side of the plot you know that like Cat's the one who's like, getting the scoop on her because right. she's been this mysterious character we've seen like twice, maybe you know, up right. until now, you know, and one of them was literally just there's a panel yeah, of her, and, you know, looking yeah. down at people. That was all it was. Yeah. So that's that's curious to me. And she decides to stay in the ride along. So mm-hmm. fair enough. Uh, also, we we going talk about Marilyn Moonlight
1: riding a ghost horse, you know, on top of the cop car. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, I mean she. Mm-hmm. She had the ghost horse before, right? Did she? This is the first time I remember seeing it. I think she and, but, I, and the first big appearance where she came in and saved the day. I think I okay. think she did. Uh, I could maybe well, I'm misremembering, you. but yeah, it, it I might be misremembering as well. But I thought the ghost horse was pretty rad. It didn't strike me as new. Like when I saw her, I was like, okay. yeah, that's that's her horse. I feel like I feel like I'd see that. Maybe okay. I'm wrong, but it felt natural. <laughs> gotcha. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm
1: just saying I I thought it was a cool visual. Just it was running along the cop car, right? also you
0: know to, yeah, yeah. So, so the next scene uh, superman comes to speak to lois and I, I would have been fine not seeing superman until this scene you know properly because yeah. it's like we're following the writers of the mm-hmm. planet rather than him but uh, it turns out the the big like sort of toy that he was fighting in the city it was actually being controlled by some kids at an arcade because they didn't know yeah. they were controlling a robot they just thought they were playing yeah. a video game and i'm like hey that could be funny like do more of that sort of thing with these villains if they're like unwittingly having people be like accomplices without realizing it.
1: You're right and it kind of goes along with Toy Man too because you know the kids thought they were you know playing with the toy Mm. you know and so it goes in and it was kind of like Toy Man never really succeeds in having the kids play with the toys right because it always goes wrong Uh, so it's almost like they're doing Toy Man better than Toy Man and I don't think he'll take to that very kindly you know uh, when, when
0: he does respond. Yeah so the two big things at the end of the book, which I think are... Well, one's interest, interesting. The first one, I'm not sure how I feel about yet, which is that Perry White was basically censoring any mention of Lex being a hero at the planet. That's why there's no record of it, which is a little bit silly to me because it's not like there weren't other papers. There was other media like, besides the Daily Planet, so there'd um, still be a record of it.
1: There's also the rival Daily Star. Superman's yes. worked for both.
0: Uh-huh. So,
1: like, yeah. Um, And I don't... What, the type of person perry white is if williamson goes and he had this hidden because of x y and z i just don't feel like the perry white that i know right
0: would, well, uh, would... yeah but that, that's the point is that like why <laughs> why did he do this right you assume that there's going to be an interesting reason why he was doing this for lex if it was for lex even maybe it was for someone else right. i don't know but
1: yeah i just feel like like we've had stories where it the story is Perry's journalistic integrity is so strong that he doesn't
0: yes he doesn't shake whatsoever that, that's so, why this is supposed to be shocking. Right. I, I guess the concern comes from the fact that Williamson can often fumbles these things. He, he sets yeah. something up and then we don't like what it does to the character. So mm-hmm. I'm a little worried that he's going to do something yeah. that doesn't feel right for Perry. Because I, I
1: do like I prefer the threat of it never happening. Right. Or, you know, not that it was Perry hiding it, but it was something bigger than the newspapers that were able to get everything pulled, right? So that it, it technically, Lex as a hero, never happened. I still don't
0: want to believe it happened because I don't like that thread, like, at all. But, um, but I, yeah. I, I think there's possibilities with it. I just, I don't know if I trust Williamson to yeah. be the one to like, have them work, you know? mm mm-hmm. um, so the other big thing, though, is that the villains are uh, farm in, in uh, Craft have got Lobo, right? And they've made a special syringe to take some of his blood, and they're talking about his blood and uh, all the rest of it. And they're wondering if other Sarsnians have the same regenerative qualities. Mm-hmm. And Lobo's all like, ah, I'm one of a kind. Well, except that stupid daughter I've got. But other than that, I'm one yeah, of a kind. Good for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we cut to, like... like a bunch of lobos all fighting, and you're like, what's this? What's going on? And I was genuinely not sure, and the reveal is, is that Brainiac's got a city from Zarnia, and he's going to unleash them at full size to do something to Earth. (laughs) Like, he wants... You know what? Yeah? Oh, well, so he's just, just what he says here. So, for the first time ever, he will not be alone in the universe, which makes me think, Brainiac thinks there's another of his kind that unleashing the, the Zarnians. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically he thinks the he thinks superman's adopted home holds the greatest secret in the universe mm-hmm. and he's going to use the Zarnians to help him get it uh so the ver- it looks like we're going to have a bunch of lobos running around
1: which i prefer to a bunch of kryptonians right well I, Super, I th- superman always being the last son and then oh no there's oh, sure, actually the secret yeah. colony of you know, and it's not always Maniac, right? It's, it's Argo City or it's whatever. There's actually the secret colony of, mm. of Kryptonians that show up and all this other stuff. So just the idea that there's more Lobos. But, like, what if they're actually more docile than him?
0: Right? I mean, like, they don't look it in that one two-page spread, but...
1: No, but, you know, it's like an ant farm. Maybe maybe they just need space, right? But, but yeah, like, I, I hope the twist is that they're not all like him, you mm. know? so i mean
0: we'll see cause... i think this was an effect of cliffhanger because it was a genuine surprise that it was a brainiac thing you know, yeah. it was like okay where are we what's going on oh it's brainiac's got this ball so we're getting brainiac and the superman run soon and um, my only hope is is that we don't rush through the plot because that's what happened with the yeah. parasite story and i thought it was a really cool thing that was set up and then it was rushed and finished in the very next issue and I hope that anything that's cool that's been set up is, one, gets the time to actually be fleshed out, but two, doesn't just have Williamson kind of like hand-waving things with making up more mythology to explain things. I really hope that's not what happens. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, overall, I actually quite like this. I liked having the perspective of all the writers from the Daily Planet. I like mm-hmm. Lois running the place. I even like the idea of her discovering some of Perry's secrets. Uh, because she's now editor. I'm just not necessarily excited about the potential of what Williamson will do with the idea that Perry was hiding something for Lex Luthor. That feels a bit murky, but... Yeah, and the art's generally quite good. Uh, It's surprisingly uh, not messy for having five artists. I'll I'll give it that much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, You were saying at the beginning, it's, it's nice that this book came out during a week with Night Terrors. Just to remind us that there I, are books that aren't night terrors
0: I certainly so. appreciate it a lot more I think getting it yeah. this week than I would if it was the fifth week of a regular month I, I think mm-hmm. this week I was just thankful to get the regular Superman story despite the fact that I don't love everything in it there was enough good stuff and enjoyable like just you know getting to see these characters again I was just glad it wasn't a nightmare <laughs> you know I'm yeah. just I'm just glad for that
1: for sure also I like that you know once I'm bringing back the, the threat of cat um in Toy Man, because Toy Man is responsible for the death of her son, which I, I am right. always murky yeah, yeah. on that. I can't remember if he if he killed her son when he kidnapped him, or if it was just one of the toys or whatever, but still, you know, Kat having that tie to Toy Man I think is a, a pretty big deal. Um, and I'm just trying to think of what Toy Man's technology could draw the blood from Lobo. Like, just trying to think about that, how, how they were able to replicate or replicate it, use it, i kind of hit a wall but you know i just went along with it but um you yeah, know it's good to see Toy Man getting some more stuff on here that's not uh his his reality hopping gun that we saw in the pages of batman you know
0: yeah yeah all right well that's superman annual uh definitely an actual chapter of this the overall story so shouldn't be skipped if you're reading the superman run yeah uh what are you giving this book matt i'm gonna give this an eight really really solid yeah i think Do you know what? i'm gonna go 7.5 because i feel like I'm, I'm i feel like i'm being kinder and feel really good about it because uh-huh. of it being this like you know uh oasis in the desert you know it's this <laughs> we're on dry okay. land and this is like a regular book so I don't know why to overshoot it, but I do like the perspective of all the writers, and I'm totally down for more Lois running the planet. I think that's quite interesting and exciting to see her sort of move out of her comfort zone. And her plan to deal with that is to make everyone else out of their comfort zone is quite interesting. So I hope there's more to come from that side of things. Uh, but yeah, so that's uh, Superman Annual 2023, mm-hmm. World's Finest Teen Titans Issue Two, Mark Wade writing with Emanuela Lupuccino on the art. So, i uh, really liked issue one of this. Um, mm-hmm. Was curious about what issue two was going to be, um, and I will say there's just a slight n- like nitpick I'm going to give it here is that there mm-hmm. is a little bit in the middle of this whether they're in the house of secrets or mystery or whatever, and it turns yeah. into a bit of a nightmare scene, and I'm like, this is not the time to be doing a nightmare scene, okay? <laughs> yeah that's true that, that's unfortunate timing for wade and lupacino yeah it's just awkward timing that's all it is yeah. is, is the, How, the, the issue is very good let me be that clear the issue yeah. is very very good
1: however i much prefer the way they go about it in this issue than most things in night Terrors. sure sure well that's because uh, just, that's because we're still, we're still we're still
0: following it. several characters that are not yes. in the nightmare scenario and right. it's quite short it's brief it, you know, yeah. it's it's like yeah, and it, it works into the story, which has got a complete thing going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, the story starts with um, uh, Bumblebee and i us see, Bumblebee, uh, Donna. No, I, I know oh, yeah. Donna's. Yeah, Don, they, they go to Donna's yeah. apartment, but it's uh, it's, it's yeah, Garth and, and right. Bumblebee. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just what's Bumblebee's real name? What's, our, what's our... That's a good question. Um. Matt, you're supposed to know these things.
1: Um I, I don't know. This I this book has made me realize I don't know this era of Titans very well. My oh, okay, okay. My infatuation with the Titans comes with new team Titans. Um so I just know I can tell you that Okay, um, well
0: it's on page two. Our name is Karen Matt. Karen <laughs> I knew it started
1: I knew it started with the,
0: the key. The level of research Matt was trying to put in there, but it's just on page two of the comic. <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, because I have my <laughs> iPad, I need a new one. It takes a while uh-huh, to get minute, okay. and I have Spirit World open for when we discuss that. Okay, so
0: yeah. Anywho, anywho, so uh, they're going to see Donna and Malcolm's there. So this is the this is where how uh-huh. Karen meets Malcolm. Which, if you know, any Titans lore. You know that they end up being a couple. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like teasing that, and she's got a bit of flirtiness to her. Um, and there's also like a little bit where he's like crashing on the couch, and he kind of says, "Are we good?" to uh, Garth, just to kind of be like, yeah, I'm not trying to steal your girlfriend, and I'm just yeah. crashing on the couch because I need to sleep somewhere. Uh, but it's basically a little montage of just Donna loving being in the world, like she's just loving roller coasters and guitars <laughs> and popcorn and a, a um, whole bunch of things. Reading
1: this and seeing Lupicini's art, it did remind me of early Wonder Woman by Rucka. Your one so, yeah. Yep. So I, I really all like that. Also did not realize donna's origin of wonder woman finding her in man's world and because they couldn't locate her family her taking her to paradise island or to the um i wasn't i didn't realize that was what donna's origin was so wade bringing them back in here and that's why she has such a love for this you know for her you know place of origin you know despite being an amazon uh, i thought that was a nice little you know uh
0: character treat. yeah they also establish here that donna's got a secret identity uh so that you know not anyone can just find her yeah. but she's she's pretty liberal about just revealing it to friends so malcolm already knows that she's a titan yeah. and then when they get like a, a call she's like oh titan business we have to go guys uh bumblebee's like hey you just kind of outed me as one of the titans here yeah.
1: <laughs> and she's like oh i did you know so yeah i do yeah. like the kind of flightiness of, of donna
0: yeah so yeah. That, that's a bit of fun at the start which i appreciate being there because i, I love that there's character development in this and we're building like all these mm-hmm. friendships and stuff i think wade's done a really good yeah. job with this book and we're only two issues in but the main mm-hmm. plot once it gets going is that this girl this teenager ran away from school and went missing and it seemed that she went into uh, this creepy house right uh-huh. and the titans are here to find her and we find out that she actually developed telepathic powers and she was hearing everyone's thoughts and it got worse and worse and she couldn't keep them out and then she started projecting her own thoughts out into Mm -hmm. the world so everyone was seeing her worst like fears and dreams and secrets and she couldn't stand to be around anyone so she ran away. Um, So all a bunch of fun stuff. Uh, So three characters get sent in. Uh, Garth, uh, Speedy, and Donna go in to try and find her in this house. And it's basically like her. this, this girl's powers are like forming all these nightmare scenarios for them and they're having yeah. to fight through them. But you know, we do cut to the other outside world. Uh, Robin, uh, Wally, and Bumblebee go to talk to the the, the girl's friend mm-hmm. and she's like, hey, you know, this is what's going on with her. This is what happened. Um, so it becomes this kind of sympathetic thing. I think the big thing here is that Garth opens up about his backstory and talks yep. to her to try and relate to her and say, hey, I had a tough upbringing as well. I was born with purple eyes, which to, like, people, you know, in Atlantis was was this evolutionary throwback, and I was sort of an outsider. I was called a monstrosity, and I was treated as this other, you know, that, the other, basically. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's just, and I was like, you know, I didn't know this about Garth. This is actually quite interesting to get some characterization for Aqualad. Yeah, he was...
1: They left him on the reef. That's how Aquaman and Mera end up getting him. So mm. he becomes uh, becomes his Robin, right? It's like they they found this baby on the reef and they brought him in because uh, they're not going to let that happen, or, or someone else did. Maybe it got adjusted later. But traditional Silver Age origin for Garth is that. Yeah. Uh, and then and because of his purple eyes and being the outsider, I think he's more adept at Atlantean magic along those lines. So that's when he becomes Tempest. I think, He's able to do all that stuff.
0: Yeah, and I think Wade probably knows that most modern readers don't know this backstory for him, yeah. and that's why it doesn't feel like it, it doesn't feel like another retread, like the perils in the yeah. alleyway. It's like, no, 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 yeah. this is actually a character who doesn't get a lot of time, usually, so we're going to give him a little yeah. bit of a, a spotlight here. And
1: and, and again, and, and he works it into a way that's not just an info dump, it is him relating to the girl. Yeah, yeah. Each of those, each of those fears, uh, each of those fears, each of those nightmares are kind of a teenage fear of, like, rejection and and you know, not feeling comfortable on their yeah, body. And, they're kind of translated
0: you know? for each of the characters who are experiencing yeah. them. But yeah, they they all kind of track back to like regular teenage fears. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and and so it's that kind of fear of rejection is what Garth is um, is what Garth is is not applying to. What what's the word I'm looking for? That's what he's using as the bridge relating to get, to relating. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, is, is relating to her through.
0: Yeah. So, so so Omen puts like a block in her mind to sort of like mm-hmm. sort of restrain her telepathy. Yep. And, like, hey, we're going to get you some help. Someone who can specialize in this sort of thing. Um, yep. But notably, Donna's quite cold. And I, the impression I got from this is that Donna's upset that Garth never told her any of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they all hear it, I think. And I, th- I think yeah. she's feeling like he's not opened up to her. And if you go back yeah. to that sort of, like, double date they had at the start, effectively, mm-hmm. where they were going and doing stuff, you know, Garth yeah. was kind of detached, and Donna was the driving force behind everything, and then all of a sudden, that, like, and you can imagine that Donna does feel like an outsider, that she is, like, this, you know, she grew up in a place where she was from another world. She was from Man's mm-hmm. World. Um she probably feels kind of like betrayed almost that her boyfriend has not like told her all these similar feelings that he's had about where he grew up how he was sort of left and was raised by someone else um like you know like it's just a simple little moment where she doesn't say anything and she just goes i'm fine and i think we all know especially if you're if you're a guy and you have a lady friend and you hear the words i'm fine you know well, you don't know exactly what it you don't, you don't know exactly what it means, but mm-hmm. you know it's trouble. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know it's They're trouble. They're not
1: indeed fine. There's something no. going on, and some people you can pick at and get through. Other people, when they say I'm fine, you're just going to make them more upset by digging. And it, it's very, man. It, it's part of growing up is learning to navigating that. And even at my advanced age, I still haven't figured it completely out. So, you know, mm. so, um, and especially so. Being a teenager, you know, poor Garth. (laughs) He has no idea what to do.
0: Yeah, uh, there is a mysterious figure watching them from the woods here towards the end. So we don't get to see who this is. We just see like a silhouette of someone watching. So that's setting up something. And then the final page, it kind of comes back to the theme of the first issue, which was Robin getting pissed that everyone's Mm been so public and on social media about all their antics. And, you know, Robin's been trained by a Batman to you know have the secret identity to not Mm -hmm. reveal things. And Wally and Roy are like, "Hey, there's there's a Titans con in Metropolis," <laughs> and so they're all excited. And yeah. Robin's like, "Holy shit! F my life! Like, what is this? This is, this <laughs> is what we
1: should not be doing." Yes, one hundred percent. You guys are doing yeah. the opposite of what I'm telling you.
0: So you know, I really loved that the first issue set up that conflict that Robin's like used to yep. be more secretive about everything. He's he's got a lot of Batman's like, even though he's very different from Batman, he's got a lot yeah. of his teachings like ingrained he's- in him
1: yeah he hasn't learned yet to trust in his friends right because these friends are still kind of new to him yeah, like, yeah. this isn't so, the new teen titans robin with with wally and starfire and beast boy that you know fully trusts in them who
0: they see, are yeah that's a more mature robin but mm-hmm. like it, it, the first issue set up all these themes i love that about it and it kind of made it you know probably stronger than any of the world's finest book could be like i think instantly it was better than that I, and i like the batman superman mm-hmm. book a lot but i, I think yeah. this already feels like it's doing more with its with its premise um, mm-hmm. And in this issue, opening up more about Garth, they feel like, okay, you know, we're getting a lot of stuff here uh, for these characters, and I, I'm looking forward to like seeing which character gets the spotlight next issue, because it feels like, you know, first issue was kind of Robin that focused on, you mm-hmm. know, everyone got a little bit, but it was mainly Robin's story. This yeah. issue, it's pivoted to, to Garth, got the, the, the big moments and the, the dramatic stuff. I suspect the next issue, you know, maybe it'll be some, you know, someone else, Speedy, Wally, Donna, whoever, uh, so very good.
1: Very good. Yeah. Very so, like good. the dynamics that are, are coming up between Roy and, and, uh, Dick, because we, we all know that the, while they're friendly now growing up, they were kind of rivals, right? Cause they're both very similar. They're both wards to billionaires and whatever. So the fact that they are still kind of butting heads in this issue, I like that continuing over, you know? Um, but yeah, and Lubachito's art, I just, you know, I'll always be a fan of, in uh, here, the very, very clean lines everything feels very classic-y you know, silver-agey at points but not like Dan Morris, it, there's a, a bit of a nuanced difference to it so, um, yeah, I'll never be upset at Lubacino art
0: Yeah, the art's very good I, I do think once in a while there'll be like a face that looks a bit flat you know, I, yeah. I think um, what's uh, the guy with Lilith NARC? Oh, uh, NARC Yeah, yeah
1: that's on a Nark appearance, you know, the yeah. Game boy.
0: Uh he like there's a couple of panels of him where his face yeah. does look a bit maybe too flat for my liking. But it's yeah. it's, it's few and far between. Like, the, the general aesthetic of Lupuccino art is very mm-hmm. pleasing to the eye. Uh yes. So um yeah. It does work for Silver Age because it is a very kind of mm-hmm. clean style that feels yeah. old school in that sense. Um So yeah, alright, what are you giving uh World's Financed Titans issue too? I'm mean, giving it as an 8.5. Yeah, I think uh yeah, I agree with the 8.5 on this one. Yeah. Oh, nice. I think that's fair. So very, very good. Uh, I think I like the first issue a little bit more, but Yeah. Uh, it's it's
1: a solid read nonetheless. Yeah. Like I'm glad you know, I'm glad Mark Wade came back to DC to tell these episodes. Oh stories. for
0: sure, yeah, yeah. I think we're really starting like I almost felt like he had some growing pains coming back and then mm-hmm. we're really starting to bear fruit of like yeah. him being back at DC. Uh between this and you know, last days of uh, Luther from yeah. a week or two ago uh all right spirit world issue four Alyssa wong writing with yep. hanging on the art so you read this Matt? take it away
1: yeah so uh we're continuing the you know they're in the the spirit world which is like the you know uh a realm of death and um they are getting attacked by these you know uh body horror-esque uh they're they they've been transformed by the people that were already in the spirit world uh, spirit world. So they were like the neighbors of uh, what's her name, um, of the grandma character, and um, so they they don't want to fight them because they're the neighbors, but they're also they keep advancing on them. So um, Xanthi ends up pulling out the last of their paper and doesn't have any swords, but forms a bat with it. So you know. Uh, they make sure that Constantine's not hurting them, but uh, uh, Cassandra gets pulled down, um, and while, sh- while it grabs her, it puts her into, like, this kind of the shadow realm, um, and she's able to-, to pull free to let them know. It's like, don't let them grab onto you because, you know, worse things will happen. Um, Constantine goes to do an exorcism. Uh, being that you know he is an exorcist, and just completely blows apart this creature, going against Xanthi's uh, desire. Um, Bowen and uh, who's who's the person that lived with Xanthi, uh, the guy, uh, and uh, Popo, who's the grandmother the character. Uh, they're they're fighting with the with the fox guy, um, and he ends up just losing. his his mind and like becoming this gigantic fox kaiju to fight, you know, whatever this, whatever's making this creature. And he kind of just goes off into the sunset, you know, uh, after saving everybody. Um, but Xanthi's able to get more of that, that paper, like the offering paper and they, they fully defeat the, the thing while pulling out, uh, her little sister or their little sister. Um, or like one of the, the neighbor kids, um, Xanthi's super upset because, uh, this, this expelled a lot of energy and spirit world. Now is being kind of turned upside down. Um, the, the creature, uh, whoever's controlling the creature takes Bowen and not even Xanthi's sword, you know, being plunged down can stop. Um, uh, Popo uh, takes the rest of them uh, back to their house, and Xanthi wakes up from the nap. Um, and they decide that they need to go to the. to, to face down this, this group of uh, people in this J Tower that's off in the uh, sunset. So Bowen's back, uh, so Xanthi did uh, save him. And he ends up getting, uh, like possessed by whatever, uh, who's ever pulling all these strings. Um, but, uh, I'm trying to look up the name of these guys, the Jade court. So they want to go see the Jade court. Um, Popo tells them no. Um, Xanthi says it's really their only option. And then, um, grandma gets completely filled with green energy and kind of puts down the hand says no we're not going to the the j tower it's too uh, dangerous they're too sadistic and cruel um and that's when bowen gets possessed they start heading down from the apartment on these steps when xanthi gets attacked by constantine and she's like hey man what's up with that you you can't be doing that here um And he goes, I didn't. My hands moved on their own. And then Cassandra turns to Xanthi and tells her to run. So they're no longer in control of their bodies either. uh, And that's where the issue ends. So uh, it's still an enjoyable read for this, you know, um, like little subset. Uh, It's still my least favorite just because it is so the manga-esque and the art and kind of the storytelling. Um, There's a lot that goes on here. Um, But I do like that the dude, um, so I looked up who he was. The guy that becomes the fox, he's like a, a, an Asian mythological character. You know, he's like a guardian of, of the death realm and whatever. Uh, and so the fact that he was kind of shirking his responsibilities by taking this human form and running, you know, the little side business that he was, uh, this got him to turn back into his proper form. I'm sure we'll see him again. Um, but yeah, uh, the art's not bad. Uh, it's the, the breakdowns and everything the action sequences are nice it's just the faces are still uh, part of taste where it's very manga-esque like I just said uh, uh, but yeah it, it's a fun concept and um, uh, I'm going to stick through it because I got through usually I'm used to Connor on this type of stuff because this this thing is his jam mm-hmm. uh, it's got the mythological it's got the anime manga influences and stuff um, but yeah so I'm, I'm going to rate this a 7
0: All right. Uh, so Danger Street, issue 8 is next. Tom King writing with Jorge Fornes on the art Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, I mean I barely don't need to introduce anything really here at this Mm -hmm. point, just that we keep going, we keep going with the next parts Last issue set up that it seemed like the Dingbats were in cahoots to try and break Starman Mm -hmm. or try and break Warlord, sorry, at a prison well, Mm -hmm. I say prison, the jail cell at the police station. The jail
1: cell at the police station yeah, because they have Starman, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Lady Cop uh, tried to see the Commodore but was basically shooed away but did run into Jack Ryder, which obviously that mm-hmm. advances here. And uh, was it Abdul is the other remaining Green Team member who set mm-hmm. a trap with the Outsiders for Manhunter and that is also continued here. So, yeah. a lot of things going. Uh, Lady Cop goes to dinner with Jack Ryder. It re- repeatedly says it's not a date. I think he's yeah. hoping it is. He's hoping
1: it is. Like, this is not a date. This is a you know a professional, type thing. And then he proceeds to get completely sloshed, which I thought
0: was hilarious. Well, he tries to resist it first, but then she kind of yeah. talks him into it. Well, and I think that's intentional to make him talk. Mm-hmm. I think she's she's playing yeah. the game a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but the dingbatch tricked the uh, the cop Cooper by poor, uh, the, poor Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> Star Starman makes a hole in one jail cell and gets uh-huh. one of the kids out. And then the cop runs to that cell uh, on the other side of the building. Um, if I remember correctly, there was a thing last issue where one of the kids like had a reason to like have to go near like, somewhere like, to, to make sure they were in a different part of the building. Like they said, yeah. they had to be near something. I think that was something. But anyway, yeah. uh, and then when the cop runs to that cell, uh, Starman breaks a hole in the wall in the other cell, and they're all gone, and this is all just hilarious because then this sort of cop Cooper just starts yelling, uh, "Effing dingbats!" It just—it's it, it, perfect.
1: And just the reveal of the holes in the side of the the jails, yes, too, is is very good. But yeah, and them constantly talking about Cooper, like, "Hey, Cooper, it's not your fault, man. You know, you're just doing your job." <laughs> uh, as, as he's running back and forth, and there's just so much condescension from these kids. Like, I fully. Like, not that I didn't already love the dingbats, but this sequence in general really made me enjoy them.
0: Yeah, they're up to mischief. They've got a plan, Mm -hmm. and they've got more of a purpose now, which just makes it even more entertaining to watch. Uh, So then we go to Abdul, and him and the Outsiders have got uh, Manhunter tied up, and they're telling him a story. And it turns out this is the origin, effectively, of Mm -hmm. what the Green Team and the Outsiders are. And he's talking about how they all went to school together, and there was these cracks in the playground and Mm -hmm. they'd play a game where they'd have to only walk on the cracks, but only the cracks that had, like, some weeds or grass kind of coming up Mm -hmm. through, you know? Um, Just silly kid shit. But basically, whoever was able to pull it off that day, the winners would be referred to as the green team, and the Mm -hmm. losers would be the outsiders. And Mm -hmm. it was all very innocent, until a mysterious man showed up, and Mm -hmm. basically, when he found out about this game... How about today we make the game mean something? How about the winners will get something and the losers will get a, like a, a forfeit? They'll get a... So it, it really it's very much the devil shows up and like offers a deal. Yeah. But obviously these kids maybe didn't realize that yeah. that's what was happening. Uh, so that's set up here in this first early scene with them um, as the, they're listening to the story. Uh, and then we also see the Commodore having trouble with his juice box. So poor Codename Assassin. His next mission, should he choose to accept it, is to get the straw into the juice box.
1: You know, props to the art here, because I was getting frustrated on behalf of it, watching him constantly miss the the juice box, and then Codename Assassin finally just going, like, give it, and he does it. Like, pitch perfect storytelling it's ver- here. It's
0: very layered, because you've got the the comedy of the pacing of the panels with Manhunter uh-huh. or not Manhunt, sorry, uh Codename Assassin Good. try to do this. Mm. But then you've also got the 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 point of this scene, which is how little the Commodore is taking anything seriously. He's like, Hey, mm-hmm. you're gonna go kill that Manhunter before he comes gets me, right? And he's like, Better not mess up. Uh it's it's all very kind of nonchalant. But Codename Assassin looks at the diamond arm on his desk, this arm made of mm. diamonds, and he's like, hey, I, I need to borrow this for, for the fight. Um, and he's like, I sold my soul for that thing. He's like, yeah, but like, if you die, then okay. you die. So, uh, you know. So, sure enough, he gives him the diamond arm, and we'll see what mm-hmm. he does with that a little bit later. Yeah. Um, then we go back to Warlord and Starman, and Starman gets woozy and falls, and Warlord's mm-hmm. like, what's wrong with him? And it turns out he's he's been like this, and the kid said, Starman didn't want us to tell you what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. So they put him in a in a little like trailer behind a little uh, quad that they've got, mm-hmm. and they're on their way to try and you know deal with whatever they're dealing with. Uh, there's a funny little exchange here where um, you know they're saying, "Hey, get in the get in the trailer, old man," yeah. and he just sort of stops and breathes and goes i was the king of guitarists,
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> and it's now so i'm good. listening to these little shits yep. <laughs> uh yep. but he's into red grapes though so it's not all bad mm-hmm. news
1: okay he goes and uh i read the grape kid i forget which one of the Dean bets he has but he's. Like, i got some grapes he's like which ones he goes red i don't like the purple because they're too squishy and warlord just gives him the suck like all right you have a deal
0: yeah red for red
1: grapes yeah
0: Red's good. Uh, Red's, Red's really perfect. Good. Uh, and then we're back to Lady Cop and Jack Ryder. He starts drinking and he starts talking a little bit. He mentions yeah. the diamond arm in a later scene. Uh, mm-hmm. But the big thing with her is she she talks about how she's a survivor of a, a mass murder. Not a mass shooting because it's not a gun. It's just a knife. Right. But uh, mm-hmm. basically when she was in college, like the dorm rooms were broken into and everyone she knew there was was killed and she was hiding under the bed and part of the reason why she doesn't really believe in asking superman for help is because she whispered for superman's help when hiding from this murderer um and he never came Uh, yeah
1: yeah that that scene is very harrowing like just just how it pushes in on her face how she's telling the story oh man it was it was yeah.
0: real heavy and it's her face under the bed and the flashback is pushing yeah. in on not her telling the story of yeah. the, the yeah, dinner yeah. table yeah uh, yeah it's really really well done and you're like yeah this would make you lose faith in Superman uh, yeah. if, he, if he didn't show up to help you and obviously was like he was probably fighting Darkseid on Apocalypse or something you know he was busy doing you know end of the world stuff mm-hmm. and that makes complete sense but that doesn't mean it into her she's like yeah I, <laughs> I was scared you know I was
1: I was scared but it also made her who she is and that she doesn't ask for help she it's made her self sufficient.
0: Yeah, also I um, love that she says I used to like, you know, love Superman. I, I wanted to be Superman. I mean not Superman, but like Lady Superman. I love that she right. phrased it that way, like Lady uh-huh. Cop. That was such a nice little right. touch in the rain. Yep. Good stuff. Uh, so yeah. Um yeah. So she, shows yeah. This is how she convinces him to drink. Is this, this, this basically this dark story is what makes him like start taking swigs of booze. <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah. So I wasn't going to drink, but yeah, give, give me some of that now. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you've depressed me, and made it awkward. So yeah, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to Oof. to do this. Uh, so yeah, and then we go back to the, the story about the Green Team and mm-hmm. the the outsiders and how this team formed and you know, we get this great two-page spread of all the cracks on the on the playground, and it almost mm-hmm. looks like it's making the shape of a person. Like, almost. hmm You know, just, just enough. Um, and it's the girl who's doing it. She's the last one, and we get this great panel of her, like, losing her balance and, like, falling to the ground. Uh-huh. And this mysterious yeah, figure... Yeah, because
1: early... Oh, I was going to say, earlier in go. the story, too, Abdul had mentioned that she's usually on the green team, but for yeah. whatever reason, that day, you know... It wasn't her best day and well, she ended up an outsider.
0: To to use a very specific word. S. Fate. Yeah. Meant on that day she fell. And yep. why I'm saying that is because this mysterious figure who's you know kept in like silhouette the entire time, so we can't see him, pulls out what looks like a Dr. Fate helmet from his bag mm-hmm. and says, Okay, it's you know, y'all did very well. Um, and they're yelling. All the kids are yelling at each other, and then like the the commodore or the kid who would become the commodore says, uh-huh. "All right, give us like you know our spoils. What do we get?" Um, and you know it, that, that's the last we see of it. But we can only assume that the green team get the riches and you know whatever else, and right. the outsiders get turned into all these monsters. And that seems to be the origin. Now, maybe there'll be more to it, bef- you know, later when we get more details. Yeah. But that seems to be what it's implying here
1: yeah and i want to what's up with the helm of naboo who would do this right like uh it's just one of those there's a mystery and a mystery you know
0: yeah no because
1: uh, you think that the helm of naboo would be locked down by the justice society right so you know and two and we also haven't seen metamorpho in a minute right so i wonder if this has ties to uh his what's that guy's name um the oh god, it's it's Metamorpho's girlfriend's dad. Oh stag, uh, stag. There we go. So I wonder if this has ties to stag because of what this represents in the in the bigger scheme. Because you know that Tom King likes to do that type of stuff. Oh, where, I, d- I don't know. You know he he looks at this and like you know sometimes riches and fortune and stuff just comes down to chance and fate and being at the right place at the right time, despite how good you are, right? Like and it really splits people into the haves and the have-nots and he really drives his point home by making that the outsiders, you know, they become these creatures.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and, and it's not nothing important to say, it's this meaningless mm-hmm. child's game that yeah. someone just decides has the stakes of your entire future on right. it. Right. Uh,
1: it's like, to me, it's like, who's the type of person that would orchestrate this you know, that, that's this cruel and it, it it also kind of ties to New Genesis, right? Because that's kind of what happened. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's it's that's uh, yeah, in it's, New Genesis uh, and
1: with Highfather and. But Dark also,
0: and all, but yeah, but also, what ties it to? Not only have you got these two sides of Apocalypse yeah. and, and New Genesis and the, uh-huh. the the two sides, and that's the you know the Green Team and the Outsiders. Yeah. But that girl was is usually on the green team, and but the yeah. sounds of it, Abdul was kind of seen as more of an outsider, and yeah. they are just on this day they ha- he happened to make yeah. it, and she didn't, and all of a sudden it's a lot like you know, um, Mr. Miracle and Orion yeah, yeah, just a lot like them who haven't. Really, yeah. I mean, obviously, orion has been here, but Mr. Miracle's not mm-hmm. really came up in this book, but yeah. I can't help but notice that comparison as well as we're as we're talking yeah. about this. Uh, yeah. I think that's super fascinating uh, mm-hmm. that 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 comparison to make that. Um. So yeah, no, I, I uh, yeah, if this is an exploration of just like, uh, like how someone goes down two different paths, uh, mm-hmm. and how some like someone's manipulated it here is quite interesting. And then yeah. you've also got the fact that this person uses the 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 fae helmet of doing this, and this story started with characters trying to use the fae helmet to do something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. That also sure. ties in. It's, it's fascinating how much of this is sort of like starting to all feel like it's connected now that mm-hmm. we're we're getting deep into it and it's all it's coming like together. It's
1: it's the next, not the next. What was the word I'm looking for? It it's it's the new cycle of it going through now, right? So the Helm of Fate, you know, originally created the Green Team of the Outsiders, and now it's almost like it's it's causing a, a split now in the different factions of superheroes, like with the Dingbats, right? Um, because they lost one of their own. Um, and how it transformed them just by being at the wrong place at the wrong time, right? Because of Warlord and uh, Starman and Metamorpho trying to join the Justice League by summoning Darkseid, you know? So... Uh, uh, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I think <clears> it's... Uh, it, it's it's also done a thing here where obviously a lot of this issue is building up to the fact that we're going to have the two knights fight and the two knights being mm-hmm. Codename Assassin and Manhunter. Manhunter. And mm-hmm. you sort of get the idea that okay, codename Assassin goes and turns the diamond arm into a sword made of diamond, and that's mm-hmm. going to be his weapon. Um, and you also get the impression that Abdul and the Outsiders are basically enlisting Manhunter to go after Commodore, that he's the worst one. They're kind of yeah. saying, "Hey, I was really supposed to be with the Outsiders. I kind of lost my place and ended up with with the wrong side." Mm-hmm. Um, but here, here's a uh, Warlord sword that we've got you go and fight and sure enough they get a phone call and it's like they basically set up a duel they're going to have a duel between the two knights, uh probably in the next issue so that's Mm -hmm. super exciting all this build up to it um and effectively you've got one representing the commodore and now manhunters in an inadvertent way ended up representing maybe abdul and we'll see how that goes
1: well and it's, it's abdul being the the opportunist he's just writing whatever is best for him you know um, and
0: if we're, yeah, if we're continuing this theme of the the two sides thing, mm-hmm. uh, having a character like Creeper, who's literally like a Jekyll and Hyde style yeah. character, doesn't seem like an mm-hmm. accident either to me. Yep. You know, you've you've got like the 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 you know the the businessman, the well, one the businessman, but the- the, not the reporter. The, he's the, the, the news. Ca- Well, I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. put it this way: he's the capitalist. Yeah. He's the one who's trying to make, yeah. be successful, and mm-hmm. then you've got just the the Creeper, the the monster side. Kind of thing. So he, in and of himself, kind of represents the the sides of the green team and the outsiders. He's literally both. Yeah. Um, well, and that's
1: why he's an ogre, right? That's why he's been classified that by
0: yeah. the
1: Helm of Fate that's telling the story.
0: I feel like there's a lot of parallels that are starting to like sort of become mm-hmm. easier to see now that we're seeing more of the the stories yeah. explained.
1: It's definitely the 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 theme throughout is definitely of duality. Yeah. And what that means, and yeah.
0: Yeah, because uh, we've had like a uh, codename assassin and manhunter be like the two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. for a while but i feel like yep. and, and even at the start of the book we said hey it's not a coincidence we've got this team of four dingbats and this green team of four kids right um so th- that well, idea I, of that idea of having the two yeah. equal sides has been a thing mm-hmm. since this year even if even if the sides that we're looking at have changed a bit since then yeah. uh, that that theme has been there the entire time
1: yep well there's there's out of all of them too it's like Uh, Manhunter's claimed two of the green team, right? So I wonder if this this leads to a a transformed green team at the end, right? Like they can start from scratch and maybe that's also part of it.
0: Well, it depends what the lesson. I mean, Mm-hmm. Uh, if if we get the happy ending to this then presumably the characters realize we don't need to have a green team because that's holding right. down someone else but right. i don't know i don't know if this is building to a happy ending or if it's right. building to like a more better life lesson that you know mm-hmm. that there's always going to be some form of this existing it could go that route as well right. i don't know right uh right. so it's all very fascinating though it ends in a really good cliffhanger uh creeper by the way like he turns into creeper in front of a lady cop who just knocks <laughs> him out and leaves him in the street <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah. what happens with that yeah so that's that's a very interesting thing um and remember lady cop has this this you know helmet she has the fate helmet Mm -hmm. and we'll see where that goes um but it sounds like warlord starman and the kids want the helmet back to try and bring back their friend that's why the kids are helping them and that's why i theorized last issue as well is that that's what they were working to do Mm -hmm. um but lady cop's got that helmet so we'll see how that goes uh but No, this was a very exciting issue because it feels like a lot of these things are coming together and the themes, which we've been kind of picking at the entire time, are more like coming into view as more of these like story threads are really starting to click together. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. been a really fun read. It reminds me a lot of Doomsday Clock and just sort of like, okay, we've got all these plots going on. How do they all connect? And then the discovery as we go of seeing them all start to thematically merge, either in plot or just thematically, is, is really exciting to me. Uh, mm-hmm. When it's well written, like it is, and obviously the art and the sequencing is, is you know, fantastic as always. Yeah. Uh, all that playground stuff, but the cracks look great. um yeah. you know, that two faced? Sprit- yeah,
1: yeah. I was to say, Fornes being able to shift like the, the just the tone, right. So that's just a childhood game, right? But when he starts drawing it, when you know the stakes are there, there's a like a like a ominousness, if, yeah, over, it feels, like, a feels shadow.
0: It, it feels like that this, this girl is like jumping on these lines for her life, and it turns out yeah. she is.
1: You yeah. know. You know. Um, but yeah, it's just again
0: duality. And that that story of the like Lady Cop's past, like that was, you know, it's just one page of just her face under the bed. Um, also, the, it says that the, 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 the perpetrator, like, dropped a, a playing card, and I thought it was going to be a Joker. I, I was thinking, yeah. oh, is this like a like a Joker thing? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not. And we see that the, the person's boot, they've got like a skull and crossbones uh, yeah. on like a white and yellow boot, and they dropped an Ace card. I'm not sure who this is meant to be from any like quick thoughts I was going to look this up actually before we started and I forgot
1: yeah so I this was the uh, origin that I had read about Lady Cop is that she was the sole survivor of like a you know slasher yeah I remember uh, you telling me that
0: but like these clues Um, to who the slasher himself is is quite specific
1: but originally I believe they they bring him to justice after she becomes a cop so um, I'm just no not Lady Cap Lady Cop my typing is terrible. Um, let's see. Uh, Liza Warner, right? My can saying forever. But yeah, I believe that it was someone, but it wouldn't surprise me if if Tom King adds a different layer on there, that it's, it's meant to be yeah, Joker-esque, but not Joker. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I, don't was,
0: I mean, I don't think it's Joker. The clues that are there do not say Joker, but... It was just no, she... but what
1: I'm saying, it is, it is Joker-esque. He's using the language that we associate with Joker, right? The playing card, you know. No, uh, it
0: it, to, to it was just the playing card that made me think it was about to be a Joker. But when I look at his boot, I'm like, yeah, it was never going to be Joker, because that's not a Joker. Sure. <laughs> that's, I don't so know what that is. It,
1: yeah, it's just known as the killer in boots so he never left an ace of spades as the lady cop Liza Warner a young woman who watches beneath the bed as a murderer in cowboy boots slaughters her room, two roommates leaving the ace of spades behind as his calling I, card
0: I am very curious if uh, mm-hmm. this comes up in some way later I'm also very yeah. curious if it relates to the origin of the green team and the kids because we never see yeah. that guy's face either to right. start with right um, but I, I do, I was, but I do think it's thematically very interesting that we get both the origin of Lady Cup, like her traumatic past, and yeah. the incident that created all these kids at, mm-hmm. in the same issue. I think that's smart writing to put them both yeah. in the same issue because it feels like right. we're getting uh, backstories for a lot of characters together. So, mm-hmm. uh, that's for very sure. good. Yeah, uh, as per usual, it was excellent. Uh, Matt, what are you? Yes. what are you are it? <laughs> I mean, this. this
1: I didn't rate the last one, so I don't remember what I would have given that one. But I'll give this a, a nine.
0: Solid, solid 9. Yeah, this is solid 9 out of 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, ph- absolutely phenomenal stuff. Cannot wait. This It's the event of every month. Is the 12-issue the Tom King Yes, book. sir. Um, all right. So that is that. Uh, I do have a Patreon book. Every month on patreon.com slash TV. You can make myself or Connor read a book at one of the higher tiers. Um, I am on Batman and the Outsiders issue 5 uh, at a time. So this is the second part of a crossover uh, with uh, New Teen Titans at the time mm-hmm. um and we had the fearsome five the issue ended with uh, the fearsome five getting away from the, the the place exploding but the the titans and the outsiders were still there so this issue very much starts with all them in the water uh drowning and it's actually terra who basically forms an island with her powers but she passes out before she's able to actually like rescue everyone but then Geoforce comes in and, like, uses his powers to, like, lift the island up. He, he, he sort of blasts lava down from his hand to sort of, like, propel the island up. So we get this great big half-page panel of, like, him... It's, all, it's almost like Superman lifting the the uh, the land at the end of Superman Returns a little bit, just on a smaller scale. But on top of the this, look like, patch of land, you can see all the heroes of all these two teams just sort of, like, coming to... Uh, it's a fun little sequence. Um, so this issue... It's basically just the teams have to work together to go get the Fearsome Five. The Fearsome Five are going to go to the top of the Empire State Building to use, basically, uh, Simon's powers to control everyone, kind of like Cerebro from Mm -hmm. X-Men. So that's, like, his game plan. And they think all the heroes are dead for a lot of the issue until they show up. Um, The main thing, though, is that we get some bonding between the characters uh, beforehand where uh they're at the uh the the katana like apartment that she's living with starfire Uh, and starfire sorry uh halo she's living with halo yes and they're all there and they're letting some of the titans use their showers and stuff like that so there's some back and forth banter and, and things like that um raven's talking to halo a little bit uh wally's talking to black lightning it's a whole thing um so it's a lot of and It's a lot of characters, but Jace is there and talks about what their plans are and all the rest of it. Um, I do love that when they go after the villains again, uh, like basically they reveal themselves by Metamorpho being like a gravedigger who picks up like one yeah. of the... Because uh, Simon's like made like mud men that he can control. So he's got like just like, you know, fodder to fight people <laughs> with these mm-hmm. mud men. Uh, so Metamorpho takes care of that. There was a great scene earlier on though, where Doctor Light starts monologuing as if he's the leader, and then Simon's like, "No, you're not the leader." And then all of the other members are like, "Yeah, like you did form as technically Doctor <laughs> Light, but every time you take charge, we end up in prison. So, yeah, we're we're kind of all voting against you." And they get rid of him, and Doctor Light ends up uh, being picked up by the heroes because he's running from the Mud Men, um, and they uh, they they take him for questioning uh also simon seems or sorry dr light has like a weird thing here where i thought it was dr light doing something but it, it seems to be more something to do with halo's powers where mm. dr light seemingly like convinces halo to fight for him for a minute and raven has to go into like shadow form and like sort of like envelop her and it kind of snaps her out of it but the like what just happened because i was like yeah dr light doesn't have psychic powers why would he be able mm-hmm. to like telepathically make her do anything and Batman's like, it seems to be another mystery about your, like, identity, Halo. So I'm like, okay, that's interesting that someone was able to, like... Because he doesn't even say anything out loud. He just thinks... Uh, what was it he says? Uh, he thinks, so. Oh, I need to create a diversion for the heroes. And then the next panel on the very next page is Halo saying, create a diversion. Yes, yes Doctor. So somehow yeah. she's, like, picked up his desires in that moment yeah. and enacted on them without, like, sort of being in control. So I'm not sure where that's going. I don't know too much about Halo as a character, but it was an interesting little bit.
1: Halo has light-based powers, though, right? So maybe there's some crossover. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's it's a light
0: thing, yeah. It could be, yeah. Uh, So Fierce and Five got the Empire State Building, and they break in there. Uh, The Titans and the Outsiders are trying to figure out what to do. Uh, Cyborg has made a cannon that that will basically make them all immune to Simon's powers, which is really handy, because in a few pages' time, Simon's going to freeze everyone on the planet, cyclically. Uh, Luckily, all the heroes are still awake, though, because they've all been hit by this uh, cannon. What what was it? Uh, Iridiate, they say. We we have to go irradiate the others. And he walks out with his big cannon and blasts them all uh, with it. But yes, uh, so he... Simon takes control, it's not the whole planet, he acts actually just in uh, New York. He takes control of everyone in New York. And he says, We're the first villains to ever take control of all in New York. Maybe in DC that's true. I feel like in Marvel that's probably happened a million times by the time this comic that, was that's published. That's
1: every Friday.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, the other through line of this issue though is that Robin doesn't like the Batman's taking charge. And it's the one bit of writing in it that feels really dated to me because it just kind of sounds mm. pissy. Like every time like Batman like gives an order or something, Robin has like a thought bubble where he's like, "Okay, oh, every time I like I, I get out on my own, he takes charge, and I'm just the Boy Wonder again." That stupid Batman, you know. I mean, that's not a direct quote, but that's that's how it comes off. Freaking dad. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it comes off like a pissy teenager, and it feels a little bit immature. I know they're meant to be young right now, but it does come off a little bit like old school in the way it's written. Um, when they go to the Empire State Building to stop the Fearsome Five, Beast Boy's like, you know what, I've always wanted to do this. And he turns into a big ape, so he can do the King Kong scene, and he's high out at the Empire State Building, and he's like, who wants to be Faye And no one gets it. Uh, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. So he has his King Kong moment. Uh, yeah. So, yes. Uh, Batman gives an order for... Uh, he basically says, hey, you, three or four, go and deal with... Uh, like saving the civilians in the building and the rest of us will go and deal with the fearsome five and this is the big dramatic point of the issue where robin says no disregard that batman's wrong we need these two to go fight simon because halo's powers are going to be important for stopping him and these two need to go here um and he basically puts his foot down he's like hey i've been with the titans longer than you've had a team i know more about leading the team and he starts giving these orders and actually as a little detail in the art here i really like Mm -hmm. is in the next page robin's like giving his new orders out to everyone and batman's standing behind him but he's just drawn in silhouette and it just gives you the sense that batman's like pissed he's letting it go he's 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 letting it happen but he's like pissed that he's being like overruled here Uh, i just really love that it's just a simple thing in the art to have him being silhouette when everyone else isn't but it Mm -hmm. really really works Uh, to get the sense that he's brooding but funnily enough when they go and fight all the villains and they fight all the fearsome five to various degrees uh, um, Batman and Robin even work together to take out Gizmo Um, Shimmer and her brother end up fighting uh, Terra and Geoforce they all have a big thing uh, but it's all the super powered beings who have blast so Cyborg Starfire Black Lightning Geoforce and Halo all fire on Simon and that neutralizes him. They basically like, what's it to say, uh, basically you blast through his psychic barrier to get to him, and sure enough, they, they're able to do that. The dismantle his device that's amplifying his powers, and it's a whole thing. But uh, it's Halo's stasis aura that actually stops Simon from doing Earth, and it actually puts him to sleep. So they save the day. That's basically it. And then on the last page, uh, they go back and Dr. Light's, like, hit Jace and escaped because they had him tied up. And he's just left a sign with his caution that says, I quit. As if, like, yeah, I'm not a villain anymore. Leave me alone. I'm, I'm out of the game. It's over. Uh, Ta- Terra hugs Force, and she's got a thought bubble, like, oh, you know, y- your family, uh, Force, but you're going to be so disappointed when I betray all these teenagers <laughs> because I'm working with Deathstroke. <laughs> That's basically a little moment that she has. And uh, Batman goes up to Robin and says, you know what? like i guess even the teacher can learn from the pupil um and they shake hands and robin says yeah and i had a good teacher i had the best there is and they shake hands whilst all the other people are like standing behind the handshake and that's the final panel um it's an okay issue it's, it's, it's good fun i like some of the small beats that are there um and there's that that, that nice that really nice touch in the art when robin actually contradicts batman and i do appreciate that batman has to accept that robin actually made the right call um, I do think, though, like, their shaking hands at the end feels really easy. Like, it feels like there was more of a conversation to be had there. It feels really quick and cheesy. Uh, and I guess maybe that's just a sign of the times. But it, it, Robin felt just kind of petulant. And then he was absolutely right. And it feels like there should have been more of an actual conversation about it instead of the quick wrap-up. So as a result, the issue is a lot of fighting. And it's a lot of characters. Because we've got two superhero teams. We've got a villain team of, like, five or six characters. There's so many characters that everything is very quick and snapshot about how it deals with things. There's fun to be had, but I didn't like it as much as, say, some of the actual just regular issues that we've had so far of Batman and the Outsiders. But there are nice touches in the art. There's some nice moments and nice character beats that I do appreciate. It was nice having, like, Raven uh, interact with Halo. There's a moment where Halo's showing Raven her room when they're at the, the apartment and raven comments how like nice bright and bubbly everything is and it reminded me a lot of like uh wednesday adams like i never watched beyond episode one of that tv Mm -hmm. show but it it was a lot like her like just being like this is very bubbly and light and happy Mm -hmm. and just like deadpan (laughs) to the cheery roommate it reminded me of that quite a bit so there was was a bit of fun chemistry there for sure Uh, The issue as a whole, though, I'd probably just give it, like, a 7. It's entertaining enough, but it doesn't really have too much meat in the bone. Uh, The Batman-Robin conflict, while it's got an interesting beat where he actually contradicts him, it's kind of rushed and just kind of feels like it's over with as quickly as possible. So, you know, I'm looking forward to getting back to just a regular Batman The Outsiders issue next time, Mm -hmm. uh, where apparently they take on the Cryonic Man. So, hey, is that another Freeze villain? Is this a Uh, new uh, Freeze uh.
1: villain? it would have to be with a
0: name like that holy shit we've already got like eight of them but we didn't know about the cryonic man I'm excited now this might be his only appearance though so I don't care he can be down there with Minister Blizzard as one of the the shit like D tier ones but all the same Uh, notice how I didn't say Cold Snap Cold Snap's above Minister Blizzard in this hierarchy (laughs) yeah anywho that is uh my patreon book so that'll take us out at the part of the show where we pick our favorites of the week for a panel slash moment favorite cover favorite art and top five books so matt what is your panel slash moment of the week um
1: man there's there's a lot in in danger sheet that book was super dense yes Um, i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the grapes because that was a good solid laugh uh with warlord and and, and whichever i think it was non-fat that boy loves grapes that's that's one thing that's yeah.
0: for certain. Uh, there's a, a, a few good things in Titans uh, that I would like mm-hmm. to yeah. Teen Titans that I'd like to say, but ultimately, yeah, Danger Street's going to take it here with pr- probably Lady Cop's origin. Although I do think the kid's mm-hmm. origin and the way that feels quite intimidating mm-hmm. when you realise what the stakes are, even though the kids don't realise it, yeah. is really, really well done. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Lady Cops is good, but I'll say the kids, like, right. their game, but they don't know the stakes. I think I'll,
1: I'll, I, figured, I figured that was going to be yours. That's why I went with, with the grapes. Yeah, so, sweet, I'll, I'll, a variety.
0: I'll, I'll give that the win. Uh, cover of the week, I was having a look while you were talking about Spirit World. Yeah. Uh, there's a cool jock Superman cover. Uh-huh. I will say it's a bit moody for Superman, but it does look quite nice. I can't deny yeah. it. It's pretty... Uh, there's a Doc Shanner Teen Titans cover with Donna, which is pretty nice. Mm. Uh, there's also a cool Ben Oliver Shazam cover, uh, which I love the art of. I would say that I don't love it as a cover overall just because it's the evil Billy, but yeah. the actual art quality is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, that said, my pick is the regular cover for Danger Street because it's this horror... It, it looks like a... Like, it's made to look like Todd Browning's Freaks or something like that, but it's the Outsiders yeah. This old black and white photo of like these uh, kids who are all like different and monstrous. I think that looks great. So that's my pick. What's sure what you got?
1: Yeah. Um so there's a there's a, a a Somni Superman cover that looks really, really great. Uh that Danger Street one for the for the main cover is also really, really nice. Um there's a Jimenez Superman annual cover. Oh I noticed that, that, that one. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah that one looks looks real cool too. Um but mine's gonna be from Teen Titans and it's the Paolo Rivera uh cover. Which has got the, okay. the Titans all lined up. It looks like someone's taking a picture on their phone. I think it's um, Wally. So, so you're you know, getting, getting the blur. So, I feel like
0: some people think we'll list almost every cover when we do this section. No. We really don't. Some of these books have like eight covers. Like, yeah. you know, even though we mentioned like eight, that's only like less yeah. than half. So, I just
1: want to let them know what we're picking from, yeah. too. So, uh, if they want to go look. You know, yeah, these the uh, shows
0: and you know these covers mm-hmm. can often make good phone backgrounds or whatever, so it's always yep. worth uh, having a look. Uh, all right, art of the week, what you got?
1: I mean, I, I would love to say Lupicino because I do love Lupicino, but, but it is a Pornes week, <laughs> so like it's just crazy. Like the sequential mm-hmm. art there too. Um, there's a there's a, another moment I wanted to mention I forgot in Danger Street till now, but uh, when when Jack Ryder's getting sloshed, mm. right? he goes to pour the wine he misses it and Fornes draws it just like perfectly running down the cup onto the table hmm. um so it's it's so so good man Fornes is on top
0: yeah um it, my pick is Fornes. although i do want to shout out david uh, baldine on the zatanna book because i do actually really mm-hmm. like that art but the Fornes yeah. stuff is just next level so it like it has to be that but uh all right matt top five go
1: Alright, so, so number one with a bullet is Danger Street. Uh, number two is World's Finest Teen Titans. Three is Superman Annual. Four is Shazam! The Night Terrors. And then five is going to be Spirit World.
0: Yeah, mine's going to be pretty similar here. Number one is Danger Street. Number two is World's Finest Teen Titans. Number three is the Superman Annual. After that, I guess a bit... Uh, I think it probably is... <sighs> I think the Shazam and Zatanna books are pretty even. One, I like the art in more. The other one, I like the story ideas more. Yeah. I think I'll say... I'll say Zatanna at number four and Shazam at five, but it's it's basically a toss-up. Um, but the fact that I've got both of those above the main Night like, Terrorist book should yeah. tell you everything that you need to know. So, there you go. That is uh, our picks for this week. I will tell you what is coming next week from DC Comics... Uh, So coming next week we have Batman Superman World's Finest issue 18, we have Night Terrors Superman issue 2, we have Night Terrors Nightwing issue 2, we have Batman White Knight Presents Generation Joker 4, we got Night Terrors Wonder Woman issue 2, Tales of the Titans issue 2, Hot Girl issue 2, Night Terrors Catwoman issue 2, we have The Vigil issue 4, we have Night Terrors Punchline issue 2 and we have the penguin issue zero which i didn't realize that was getting an issue this is yeah
1: this is um, oh this
0: is the reprint of the backups 125
1: through 127 backups
0: so we read those yeah i I really thought we were getting a tom king book there starting next week and we're not Uh, if you didn't read those backups though it's probably worth reading this for the the background for that penguin book that's coming out Uh, but if you read the penguin backups in batman which I i think it was batman they were in anyway uh, yep. then you, you don't need to uh, uh, we also have Harley Quinn in Black, White and Red are issue 2 and Mad Magazine issue 3 so yeah weird week obviously World's Finest uh, The Vigil are the ones where and Hot Girl, I guess uh, are the ones that we'll be looking mm-hmm. at mainly and then for Night Terrors like I'm trying to remember if I like any of the issue ones of these
1: um, I'm going to read Superman because it does got the Leah Williams story
0: um that's right okay i, m- I remember yeah. that now vaguely uh
1: and, and i want to know how the felt, kennedy johnson Wait, does it wasn't uh, that the
0: ac- that was action comics that had oh that it was action yeah that wasn't um, superman
1: no this is the Williamson one. Ah oh, man this is where supergirl shows up at the end punching through the dreams
0: um, oh yeah i didn't like that
1: oh <laughs> I'll, I'll hop on that grenade because i'm not i'm not doing nightwing again. i mean
0: i i might read it uh, just because Otherwise, I've only got three books. I think, yeah. and I might read Nightwing just for the morbid curiosity, but that is it. Like I'm, like I never read Catwoman. Uh, no. Or, or Punchline? Did I read the Wonder Woman? One? I don't remember.
1: I I did. So I I have Hot Girl Titans, Superman, World's Finest. I I can hop on to round individual. Oh, I'll still if if you want to read Nightwing, I'll
0: read Wonder Woman. Hey, what Titans are you talking about?
1: What Titans? Nightwing. I, uh, I meant to say Nightwing.
0: Okay. Titans okay okay uh, but
1: no there's the Tales of the Teen
0: Titans that's okay that's um, what you're talking about okay that's Raven. fine yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like what are you talking about what Titans no you're, you're right you're right Tales of the Titans no. the Raven issues out uh yeah, yeah so as a, a bit of a quieter week for us because like most of the Night Terrors tie-ins but um I think at the very least we'll read one each just to comment yeah. on it but I mean that this was not a good week for Night Terrors last month so I don't suspect no, it's going to no. be much better this month uh, but hey, we got World's Finest, we got Hot Girl and we got The Vigil, so that's that's some uh, alright, we'll see you next week for that let us know what you thought of this week's books of course, we always like to hear, and the comments are on Twitter, at DC Comics Podcast or, I should say X, now I suppose um, of course you can support all the content you can support the podcast over at patreon.com slash TV and uh, help us out, but uh, I am starving, so I'm wrapping this up so thank that's you once you. again for watching or listening, we always appreciate it Keep reading DC Comics, and remember to never get lost in the Speed Force.